Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Power Cosmic Cod... Wait, whatever. Cod Cod piece. (laughs) I can't see, Jared. The mask is foaming things up. Yes, this is one of those special uh, all-video podcasts. If you listen to the audio podcast, then you don't know what the hell's going on. So, whatever. I'm your host, Mitchell A.S. Halleck, practicing safe, (laughs) uh, whatever. And this is... The writer, artist, extraordinaire. You know him, you love him. You can't live without him. The one, the only, Jeremiah Ordway, all the way from Eastern Connecticut. Oh, yes. Somewhere in Connecticut. Hello, Jerry. How are you? You get a zit or something? You're covering up? Covering uh, yeah. up? Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. That's scary. No, you know what I was doing? I was doing my Rudy Valley, uh, what do you call it? Rudolph Valentino impression? Hello. <laughs> Did it work on your wife? No. Dick, would you like to go to the Casbah? No. What is a Casbah? Is that like a weird sheep? Uh, yeah, it's a sheep. I saw that you can make a mask using uh, women's brassiers. I'm thinking Dolly Parton could save America. <laughs> could you imagine like one for each, uh, like a double yeah. lobes thing? Well, for your two-faced friends. Hello. Um <laughs> You know what? I got to say this. There's certain etiquette now that we live in the land of viruses. Okay. Look, if you're walking around, you're supposed to cover your nose and your mouth. Okay. I see this a lot. Yeah. yeah. What good is that? Let's say you can blow blow snot out of your nose. It's like if your nose is hanging out, you're only halfway there. Okay. So I said, if they could get one to Jamie Farr, remember him on Klinger on MASH? Yeah. If they can get him to wear a mask with that schnoz he had, I think they can get one for you. Well, the shadow had a, you know, kind of a mask a too. Prominent nose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see there was some type of uh, politician guy? I don't know where he was from. He was trying to put the mask on. It went viral. It was like up here. And I don't know oh, what he was thinking. I saw, I saw a guy on Twitter and it was kind of gross because he was wearing a lady's thong. As a mask. <laughs> no, I think that was a bachelor party. <laughs> it's just old. No, footage. it was like someone, some politician or something trying to make a comment. Oh, wow. Was, a politician? Yeah. 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 It was quite funny. Yeah. No, that's gross. But anyway, how are things with you? Everything good? Yep. Everything's good. You, uh. Happy day today. Did, well, did you rake the lawn? No, no. It was raining. But today. Yes. I, I baked bread. Have you ever, ever done that before? Yeah. Yeah. I made a, I was yeast. trying to figure out, because you can't buy yeast. So no, I, yeast, you should have called me, because yeast was like buying drugs. I actually found it um, about two weeks ago. I was at the Big Y, and they had like a whole shelf of it. I was like, oh, yeast, and I bought a couple packets uh, and brought them home, and my wife goes, oh, I think you need more than that. I go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know how they come three to a thing? Yeah. I bought two. How much do you, do you really, yeah, so how much do you really need to make You can loaf? bake six times. Oh, so each packet's only good for one loaf of bread? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, but don't you have that brewer's yeast from your beer that you're making? Yeah, but you uh, you can actually make beer. Uh, you can beer make bread? beer. You can use beer as a as a yeast ingredient too. So right. <clears throat> there's a lot of good beer, you know, recipes that use uh, like you take like a stout or something that's really yeah. heavy. Yeah. So you where'd you track make- down the yeast? Would you you have to like you know a no, guy? I had one packet left from. Uh, pre-quarantine uh, mm. and uh, it was expired but what I did was I made did a start well 
it's been in the refrigerator, so it doesn't. No, I didn't think it. I mean, if, if it can survive space, I think it can survive most anything. Well, they find I mean, they, yeast in like Egyptian tombs and stuff. Yeah, they've revived yeah. yeast strains that were in the from Egyptian beer making. From, right. uh, so, but anyway, so I made it. Oh. I made a starter, a starter dough, basically like a, a quick, a quick uh, sourdough starter by using yeast. And I did it five days ago. Today, mm -hmm. I decided I was going to try to use it just to see how it worked, and it worked did fine. It, did it raise or rise? They did, you know, today I, I had every How day I was it? To stir it. Well, I, I had it in a really big container and then yeah. I, I figured I would downsize it to a jar that I could put in the refrigerator because that's how you stop it from rising. Yeah. So it's like the blob. Yeah, that's it, what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> of that little rascal thing. Remember that? Arctic. thing? Wow. Wow. <laughs> if you <laughs> store it in the Arctic, no one will uh, die from, you know, um, being overwhelmed. So is, anyway. it, is it done or is it in the oven? No, I made it. it. It worked out good. It's just I used to, I made a small a small loaf just to try it, and it worked fine. Oh, so if you're just tuning in here to uh, the Power Cosmic Cookout, your Baker's Corner, Baker's Corner, <laughs> Gary's telling us about how he just used some outdated yeast to make some sourdough bread. Coming up next, we'll have the Poison Control Center on <laughs> as, they, as they pump Jerry's stomach. <laughs> well, I made a actually I bottled my fourth fourth batch of cider over oh, the, cool. yesterday. So I've got I got to wait two weeks for that to carbonate, but so now I've got cider. Carbonate. Carbonate. Yes. Yeah, you said carbonate. <laughs> got like Harrison Ford. Like, <laughs> I said he was making beer. He said he was making beer. Next He's trapped know. in the blob. <laughs> exactly. Uh so what is uh what else is going on? I mean, I've done yard work and yard I work. I finished mine since what's two weeks since we talked. Yeah, well, the weather was great today. It was like 42 degrees and rainy out. I'm like, it's like snowing. Uh, yeah. It's like March or February right now. Even yeah, it hasn't. It's, we're almost at the end of April, and it yeah. really hasn't had any 70-degree days. Like Ooh. in the past, we'd have a couple of warm days. The guy, the weatherman said tonight that this will go down in, since World War II. This is the first April that hasn't had at least one 70-degree day yeah. since like 1942. I'm like, well, what else could happen at this point? Right. Well, well we're special. <laughs> We're just special. I don't know. You know, I was driving down Route 25 today, and there's that, uh, you know that place that has the outdoor swing sets? There's yeah. a psychic in there. And it's oh, a yeah, psychic yeah. special, only $10. And I'm like, can I get my money back? Because I want to know who's the idiot that asked for this. Like, you didn't see this coming? Ooh, hold on. <laughs> you look a little like... You're like the emperor. Ooh, I see... <laughs> you staying home a lot, <laughs> making bread, cutting the lawn more than you, you need wanted. a crystal ball. <laughs> of all I, the things you have, you don't have a crystal ball. I, you know, I think Owen has one upstairs. That it was like a thing <laughs> called a fusiki. It was like oh. some weird ball thing, but I don't know what happened to it. I see, <laughs> I see you injecting Lysol. Do not do that. It's bad. <laughs> wait, wait. You mean I'm not supposed to? Hold on. Hold on a second. I wanted my teeth to be pearly white. <laughs> I'm going to treat, treat anybody with Sharpie fumes. That works really good, too. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'll get some protection. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh -oh. Are we afraid? What, what is this going to be? <laughs> I'll save now, kids. Got my very oh. nice. Look at that. So you wear That's that on your face. <laughs> I can't see. 
But it's metal, so if you walk into stuff, it'll protect you. No. You know, I've been down here because I started this stupid project because uh, Scott Martin, loyal listener and volunteer at the show, uh, he's pretty anal, I'd say, because he has all his comic books arranged alphabetically. They're all bagged and boarded. They're all numerical. And I'm like, look, I did that at some point in my life because I have some, like the good books, the ones I liked, like the Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Captain America. Those are bagged and boarded, some of them. Right. Then we moved here. And I always plan on getting back to doing that. But meanwhile, oh, yeah. uh, let's see, we moved here in 2004. So for 16 years, the books have been piling up and oh, I'll just put them in a long box. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to do it. I swear to God. So now that I have all this time on my hands, I said, <laughs> why don't I start taking all the books out and putting them in order and start making piles like these are the daredevils. These are the, right. it sounded good. But right now, I live in like a hoarder's dream world right now because is the floor covered with comics? Oh God, yeah. There's bo- <laughs> there's long boxes. The I I don't even want to show you. It's over there, and all this there's rumors for Sharon's Peloton bike because she's like, you better keep my stuff clear. So there's a path from here to her bike and back, but everything else. Oh, I bet stuff, stuff has fallen. You know, they, they stack high and you think everything's stable. All of a sudden, it's those damn glossy covers from those uh, Marvel. Uh, well, they're always thicker. They're thicker at the binding, so they always tilt slightly. And yeah, they fall. slide. What were those glossy ones they did that New Universe Marvel did? Oh, the, uh, were those different? I don't remember those. Oh, no. They, yeah, they're different. They're like oh, yeah. a very slick coated. Um, right. Oh, what the hell was it? Ultimate, the ultimate lines. Oh, okay. Oh, we oh yeah, those have the cardboard covers too, yeah. Oh, there was an incident last night. I'm like, oh, look how nice and thin these are. So I stacked <laughs> the ultimate X-Men, the ultimate Spider-Man, ultimate Fantastic Four. It went down. It knocked over a statue. <laughs> I was swearing. That's funny. I just don't want to be found dead here because I'm like, it's like one in the morning. I'm in my boxer shorts with a flashlight in my mouth in the crawl space trying to find <laughs> comics. And I go, <laughs> Ooh, I remember buying this Black Hawk comic by Howard Chaykin, and I start reading it. Well, hopefully you don't have. Do you have long boxes? Because those will kill you. I have. You get the short ones. Because I have. Well, yeah, no, day. I have 30, 30, 30 something long boxes back here. Yeah, yeah. 30. I don't like the long boxes. They're no, too heavy. No, and then the rest of them are all the short boxes. Those are like the pre forty five year old long boxes. Then after that, right. the hernia. You know, you you go for the short boxes. Oh. Yeah, I've donated when I've donated stuff to Goodwill. I've usually put it into long boxes because then I get rid of the long boxes. So. Oh, but I'll tell you though, I don't know why I have some of the books I do, but that's another story. But anyway, today's subject matter is something you could tell me about because I found a whole long box of my favorite books that DC started to do. And let's start. Where the hell is it? There's actually a rhyme to this, a reason. I so actually, when you're not around, do you think your wife like kicks the little piles on the floor as she goes to her Peloton? And it kicks them? Yeah. Oh, when yeah. When you're not there to see it. You know, blame like, it on the dog. Phone. She's like, oh, Harley did that. I'm like, <laughs> all right. I'm going to talk about, you could tell me more because you work there, uh, prestige comics. And when I talk about prestige comics, let's do it for instance here. This is a regular comic. Right. Which is just a floppy. It's paper. It's printed. The 24 to 36 page, whatever you got there. Like, here's a classic one. Look at that. Godzilla. Cool. And then yeah. they started doing these. Well, this right. Is a prestige. That's this a trade. Is, this is a tra- well, this is a trade, but it's based on 
right. prestige book. They came out. And there were they, three or four of them in prestige format. Was it four? Yeah, this was the four when the Dark Knight Returns was four. But I'm asking, why did that come about? Because I think DC started it. Yeah. With the prestige books in 85 with Dark Knight Returns. And then Blackhawk, I mentioned Shaken, was the next yeah. one. Because like an idiot, I bought three copies of number one. Yeah. If you need firewood, let me know. I got three copies. <laughs> but uh, that started to take off. And then what happened is I got so many of these. Well, first off, ask me, t tell me, why did they start doing that? What was the deal? To make more well, money? Mostly comics were printed really terribly. Yeah. Except for the direct, the direct market ones were done on offset. But everything else, most of the line was still newsprint. Mm -hmm. And they were pretty disposable. And nobody was really collecting books at that point. There were very few collections of like whatever comics. Mm -hmm. So the prestige thing, I think, was not only since they were doing good printing, they could do full color. They decided the square binding would look good because you could put it on a shelf rather than in a oh. bag. So, there's so a, it was purposely designed for that bookshelf? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. And it's a nice look because it you could also, nice they put cardboard, it was a cardboard cover, so it's heavier. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a way to, to charge a little more as well. I think so. it's a hundred, if I got to go back to my printer days, mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's a hundred pound cardstock. It was probably, yeah. But that means well, it's, it's the stuff that yeah, greeting yeah. cards. And it's coded, yeah. which means yeah. it's got some tooth to it there. So yeah, and, and the color pops off of it too. It's really yeah. nice. For, yeah. Well, we did in... um. I don't remember what the, where it fell in the numbering, but we did Superman the Earth Stealers as oh. a, that was a prestige format. That was like 87, I think. Or was oh, it? Hold on, Jerry. Hold on. It's funny you should. I think it was 87, or maybe it could well, have been I'll 88. I'll tell you what it is, Ordway. Well, I have one on the right shelf. Right here. Yeah. I found it last night. Let me open up this book and make it not valuable as it was. And here's the thing. I will tell you a little background. John Byrne, Kurt Swan, Bill Ray, and a guy named Jerry Ordway. Right, Bill Ray did the full. What's that? Yeah, yeah. It came out in. I'm trying to see. 1988, Jer. Okay, so we worked on it in probably. I seem to recall working on it in the. Uh, I guess it would have been early part of of or late part of. Yeah, it was like I remember fall somehow well, doing it in the fall, it then, but they didn't print it till '88 or something. Yeah, but what, the the history of that story is funny because. <clears throat> Uh, Byrne wrote when he when they, DC brought him over to do Superman mm -hmm. as an enticement to him they allowed him and they paid him to do a pitch for whatever would be the next Superman movie which was ultimately Superman 4 yeah Superman yeah. Quest for Peace yeah so this was in advance of that and he he wrote a uh, basically a long outline mm -hmm. without really page breaks or anything like that and uh, when it sat around for a while and then DC said hey let's Maybe we could do make a prestige book out of it. Who's that? You know, <laughs> Minute Bowl. No. I was gonna say it reminds me. Anyway, so that it, came from so, so that was the that was the the origin of it. And the reason I I know that online it's been refuted and people have said, oh, it's not the movie treatment, but it was because my script, which I still have, says movie treatment for Superman oh, Four. Really? So, so they, this is a first draft then of Superman Four. Well, it would have been a pitch. Kinda. So at the time, Christopher Reeve also pitched, which is what they, they accepted his. Obviously, he's going to have a, you know, mm -hmm. an advantage being the star. It's like, well, if you don't pick mine, I'm not going to be in Superman. So whatever. But anyway, so while we're doing it, 
it was given to Kurt Swan to draw and it was drawn on a really oversized paper back then. It was, it was more like 12 by 18 size artwork because it had full bleed and Kurt drew the whole thing. And at some point, like after it was drawn, there was some discussion about, well, why don't we just put it out on a couple of regular comics, like break it into four issues. And I argued the reason I did it, really the only reason I wanted to do it besides inking Kurt was I wanted something that would be in that prestige format. So we oh. somehow convinced them not to pull the plug and, and just do it as a regular comic and oh, I right. paint the cover and everything. So it's yeah, it's this cover painted by that Ordway guy. Yeah. Is that an actual photo of the earth that you put in there or is that? No, it's, it's all painted. It's acrylic. It's an acrylic painting. Okay. That, that almost looks like a Photoshop it. thing. Like no, it was, it was all hand-painted. Okay. It was uh, originally supposed to be him chasing the ship, which is where the there was going to be streaks, and he was, like, trying to catch the ship that's in the foreground. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was fun to be able to do a painted cover. I always did a lot of color work with uh, when I was in commercial art, and it was no. always frustrating not to be able to. Well, what, what, what DC did – which was something I really liked. And I was looking through all these last night and I have so many of them, but they came up with the else worlds. Right. Which was kind of like, I'm not going to say it's like, what if, because what if was usually just like, well, what if Spider-Man didn't stop the burglar and they just told you a different alternate ending. Right. And this, right. they were, they were all good. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Don Glutt did a lot of great ones there. He did like, what if Jane Foster became a Thor? Uh, what if Iron Man made all the Avengers? Right, right. They were, they were really good stories by him. But the thing is, the Elseworlds were different because they took the characters and not only do they have an alternate universe or alternate world or something like that, but they like reimagined them. If that's They gave their own premise, yeah, like a separate yeah. premise. Like Gotham like, uh, by Gaslight. Yeah, I'm looking at Gotham by Gaslight's one of them, but there's a lot of them. Here's Burns Generations. Right, which right. takes place with the sons and of Superman right. and Batman. And well, then, John also did um, True Brit with uh, I got that John too Cleese. Here. Yeah. yeah, John Cleese did the John Cleese. Work. Yeah, that oh, was. I, I never noticed that. I mean, I have the book, but I never looked at it. Really, there's somewhere. Yeah, John well, Cleese. No. I'm just saying, like this one's here. Uh, who did this one here? Was that Marshall Rogers? I'm gonna say no. It says Shaken and Tishman. Then it says Rogers, but. Yeah. Marshall Rogers. Green Lantern. Yeah. So it's like he's in the uh, the 30s. And he's an immigrant. And, oh, he's an Irish immigrant in 19th century New York. But what's funny is the costume is even worse than the 1940s Green Lantern costume. Oh, God, that one? Yeah. <laughs> this one's really cool. I that found this last night. This is Ed Hannigan and Dick Giordano. Yeah, yeah that was cool. That's the Justice League as if they were done in the, the medieval times type right. of thing. With and the soldiers. Um. But no, they were just cool. I mean, every one of them. DC know? and Marvel both had a, a graphic novel um, thing where Marvel's and DC's initially were like more like nine by 12 or eight and a half by 11 size. Yeah. Do you have any of those, the Marvel ones? Like Byrne did a She-Hulk. Oh, the, the graphic novel ones? I do have yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Those are the, so you're saying those were equivalent to these? They, they downsized them because I think they felt like the comic uh, buyers liked stuff that you would know, fit in a box i can yeah, see that because on my bookcase around the corner i do have all my graphic novels yeah. you know the starlin jim you know star yeah, slammers and all. they're just big and kind of unruly as opposed to they're this nice one. they're nice because they're big yeah that was yeah i know but this fits in a comic book box right right you know what i mean here's another were, good one here this one's yep. uh 
Maddie is. Yeah, it's if Superman was Batman type of thing, you know. And I think they also did a Civil War one with Batman. They yeah, probably then. did. I mean, there's so many. This one's Mike Magnola. Again, this yeah. is like the Gotham by Gaslight type of thing that, right. that came to Gotham. It's th- they're just great. I mean, they're well, Cos- stories. Cosmic Odyssey was done that way too. I have that by Starland and, and uh, Magnola did the art. Yeah. Some I don't even remember getting. I mean, do you? I think I sent you a picture of this one. Do you know this one, Batman Nestorophon? I remember it. I don't know that I, I probably have it somewhere. Yeah, but they're just now. Here's the deal: they were making so many of these things, though. I mean, yeah. I have practically all of them. I was like, Jesus God! I, I I'm talking a long box full of these prestige formats, right. and they're all they never stop. Here's Steve Gerber, Superman: yep. The Last Son of Earth. I don't know if you would classify this as a Elseworlds, the Superman yeah. for All Seasons. I mean, it's an all it, story. I mean, I think those they weren't they weren't bound by the monthly continuity necessarily. They could play with it, but they weren't part of it. Like this there's one, a Lex Luthor one, the unauthorized yeah, that one, yeah, the autobiography. Of <laughs> that doesn't fit in continuity either. So these were great. These were, these were all uh, Doug Munch. Yeah, yeah. Kelly, Kelly Jones who did a whole yep. bunch of Batman becoming a vampire, the Red Rain. Yep. Then he, I asked you if you did one, but te- you said you didn't. But technically, you did. If you want to think about it, because I have found, I found a whole pile of the Just Imagine. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, if Stan Lee created the DC universe and you did the Justice League one, right? Yep, yep. So that kind of counts. Well, I also did the Earth Stealers, so that counts too. Yeah. Well, that one doesn't have an Elseworlds logo on it, though. No, no, no. That's true. Yeah. Although it is an Elseworlds story, it's not you know part of oh, yeah. Superman continuity. No, and then then they would just start doing these standalones here because this one I found out. It's actually worth a pretty penny right now. I found out. Oh, that. is it? That's yeah. a, is that the first comic yeah. appearance, or? Well, technically, she shows up in a Batman. Uh, oh, Mad Love is the one that's Mad that's, Love. I have that too, but that one I thought was pricey. The Mad Love. Yeah, this one's. I I didn't realize it was. Somebody told me they said, "Oh, you have that." I said, "Yeah." They said, "Oh." Because I think Mad Love might have been the first appearance in the comics because she was created for the cartoon yeah, show. Yeah. Well, no, they, they just went on forever, though. I don't know what happened, though. They stopped doing them. I don't see well, anymore else. The price point, they, they're still doing something like that, but they started doing the... Uh, black label? Uh, well, they're doing... Well, the black label is also larger, but mm. they're doing... Well, that oh, that's funny. Yeah, there's the original Batman. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're doing... They are doing, like, standalone graphic novel type things where they... I think Jeff Johns did one. Michael Straczynski did one with maybe Superman one. And mm-hmm. they've done them as a separate line. But I don't think stores, a lot of stores aren't buying a lot of them, you know, because they're expensive. Yeah. No, here's a real. This was Stores like, aren't getting a lot of trades. Oh, yeah. Real worlds. Right. And it's like, it looks like the people from uh, Big Bang Theory. But it's not. That's funny. It's like, what if kids Who were. Who did the cover? Is that Dan Burton or is that somebody else? No, it's not. It says GL uh, Barr. Oh, oh, okay. G- George Barr? I guess. I don't know who the GL stands for. Just says it G- looks like a Mad Magazine thing, that cover. It does. It does. Carlin worked on it. Uh, yeah. Andy Heffler, group editor. Uh, it doesn't say. It just says GL Barr. I don't yeah. know who that is. You must know him. Yeah, it's all painted. I didn't get to the office much in the uh, later nineties. Maybe once a couple times a year. You can tell me, how do they pull this off? Cause I got a whole stray toasters thing. I was going to send Bill Sienkiewicz that and say, Hey, look what I found. But 
how is this done? Is this watercolor, this type of art? Because is it like a yeah? By that back? point, yeah, no, that by point, but that point they're drawing it in in uh, full color, so it's watercolor like a painting. Oh, okay. Because I was always wondering how they did that process. The earlier ones, the earlier ones, they do they're done with a blue line, where the the blue line is colored, and then there's an overlay of black, like a acetate with black uh -huh. line art. So they're separated so that the camera can shoot them separate so that the is, line art is really pure. Is that how Matt, David Mack would do it? No, I don't think so. I think by his, he's, he was painting. Um, <clears throat> when I did the Power of Shazam, which yeah. was 90, I was working on it in 92, 3, 4, whatever. Yeah. That one, I, I fought hard to do it as full color artwork because right. I didn't want to do it blue lines. Because blue line, it'd be like you'd do it all in line art and then you'd go back in and color it by, you know, whatever, watercolor or, or opaque paints. So for people that don't know what you're talking about, blue line is, it doesn't, it's non-reproductive. So basically you could draw it and when they go to shoot it for the printing, it doesn't show up. It's non-photo blue. Well, they would, what, the thing is, it gave the option, like the Kurtz One Earth Steelers, mm -hmm. Bill Ray did the full color. And the option is the line art will print solid black yeah. So the problem with at the time when they would shoot these things is they couldn't do a lot of adjusting. They would have to adjust stuff, as you know, at the print run. Oh, I know. Like, like when Shazam was done, they would photograph my artwork mm -hmm. and they would, I guess, scan it at that point for the printing part. Mm -hmm. But they'd have to beef up the black plate. So as it ran through the press, Dale Crane, gain. who worked in yeah. DC production, would stand by the press or he would get these like advanced copies and he would mark up where it needs to yeah. be again we're getting technical for people that don't get it you got four okay. colors that make up the printing process cymk if i if i have i don't think i have any blue lines handy. no i was gonna say so when i was on press I, we used to do catalogs millions of printed magazines so that you would go there with the pressmen and there would be all these giant printings you know just right. like you see in the movies so what they would have is a a room like a little proofing booth and it would be pure white light and it would have like the brightest light. It's not like a fluorescent thing or anything. It's literally white light. And they would show you your printed piece. And then we'd have a match print proof, which was the original thing we would go off of. And when a book's on press, because the inks are not always balanced, you get maybe more magenta, you'll get more yellow, you'll get right. more cyan. And what happens with black is because black is made up of all colors, the black would soak up the other inks. So you tend right. to get a lot darker. So what they would have to do <laughs> is they'd sit there and it almost looked like a keyboard and the guy would get a little tiny micro, uh, magnifying glass and we would look right. at the dots, the actual right. dots that make up the printing process. Right. He would, he would zap it like 10% less and 20% right. yellow and they would balance it out. So th the trick of it is, is try to make the printed piece look as close as to the match print, which is like the perfect. Right. Bit. It doesn't always work that way because paper's different. Uh, some paper's more absorbent and it, right. it soak the color in more. Sometimes the paper's not and the, yeah. the inks don't well, sit well. So there's a whole bunch the, of things that happen. There used to be a big a big thing when they would first started doing computer coloring was that yeah. sometimes you'd color for glossy paper and it would get printed on matte paper and mm -hmm. it would look muddy. It wouldn't be really distinctive. And that's what you're saying. The, the matte paper would absorb the ink and nothing would pop. Whereas if they put it on the on the coated stock, it would all pop, yeah, including you, the black. See, I don't know how much you you knew about printing because because a colorist, I assume, at the comic book companies would have to know that stuff. So when he would go to separate the book for printing, he'd have to say, "Well, I can't do purple, so I'll have to use 
so much right. of this and that to try to get that color. I mean, did the artist care when they were drawing it what the colorist was doing, or did you give them like the? Oh, I always, no, I always cared. I just had no control over it. Sometimes you'd have to leave a note if something was specific. Yeah, but you you always run the risk of like like here a good example when Byrne started the Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. Um, he tried really hard to get like Lois Lane's costumes from Vogue magazine and stuff to try to make it yeah. very that yeah. in 1986, 1987, he was trying to capture this. Well, that's all totally undone if the colorist just colors it magenta or blue or what have you. So what? that no matter how cool designed or whatever it, it, some outfit is back then, there were a lot of colorists who just were still coloring old school where you'd make stuff clear. So what do you tell you? The clothing, clothing's the worst. Well, Clark then, Kent is just to have the blue suit, and we tried yeah. to break that. We tried to break from that when we were doing the book and try to draw draw him in a sport coat. Yeah, and it, yeah. invariably the colorist would make it blue. So no, I know. I'm just saying fight. there was there was just such a limited run because I would be there when they would do catalogs, fashion <laughs> catalogs, and then I would watch the guys pull the hair out of their head. They would bring swatches. Right. actual samples of the material of what the clothes look like right. and they would try to match the the printed catalog as close right. as they could to the actual shirt or dress or whatever it was well the same would be true using insane. pantone you'd have yeah. a pantone you know like the little book of pantone colors yeah. Yeah. and would try to match it because then the printer could at least make it standardized but well as printing went on because in the early <laughs> 90s when i was doing it it got more technology involved and you got color match print proofs so the computer would actually zap it and then it would break down like how much percentages was instead of the guy right. eyeballing it, it get yeah. it got better and better and better. So you, you had a better range of colors and things. Yeah. Bright. I, I assume, cause I look at Malibu comics and all that stuff that Marvel started going into. And as I'm going through all these comic books over the last couple of days, right. I could see the progression of printing and stuff. And you can see how the colors are certainly popping out like crazy in the early nineties, you know, they've toned it down a bit. Well, did you notice like in, um, I have a note on my computer yeah. that I've had sitting there since the first first covers I colored of my own work for DC yeah. computer-wise were for the Human Bomb, which was yep. like a four-issue miniseries. And they had a formula that wouldn't allow you to go over a certain percentage of color. So you were allowed... You had to you had to figure this stuff out, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was much more technical than it became. I mean, after a while, it just became... You know, you just do it and they'll they'll worry about it because it's all put into a PDF and the printer, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, checks everything. But that's a good thing is a lot of stuff got standardized and it was made a little simpler. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we were when I first started doing it, DC, what I remember they said was you couldn't use grays. Yeah. So you basically had to find all your colors the same way you did in the old days with no gray tone, no K tones in it. So mm -hmm. if you wanted a really dark purple or a dark brown, it was basically a hundred percent of, you know, the magenta and the blue and the yellow to create that. And the black plate was separate. So the black ink was printed separate. Mm -hmm. um, so they're like, like little technical things that were different back then. Um, now, well, real quick, we're probably putting people to sleep. Like, Oh my God, I knew <laughs> this was going to be printing one one But anyway, uh, back to Elseworlds. Here's one for you. This is uh, Superman, oh, yeah. Tom Veach. The, the thing of it is, I don't know who was the editorial guy. I assume it's Carlin on a lot Carlin. of these. Yeah, Mike worked with, with Tom. Yeah, yeah. Bob Rizakis, his name is in here too. And he was, Bob, was the Bob was in charge of the production. Chris Duffy is here. Yep. 
That was when Chris was Mike's assistant, probably. Yeah. So it was about 98 or 90. This one here is... Uh, earlier. I can't find it right here. 97. Frank six. Gomez is the artist on this. I think he was somebody who worked on the Judge Dredd stuff. Yeah, I could see that. He's got... Oh, here we go. It's in the back. This is copyright... 1995. Oh, okay. Well, no, I'm just saying... I mean, I, I would love to be in the pitch meeting here because it seems like they were going with any idea because I have so many of these books. I mean, what what weren't they doing? I mean, here's yeah, we, World's Finest. Right, Elseworlds Finest, yeah. I mean, the downside was, <clears throat> I think I told you what we talked about a little bit last week was yeah. when we were working on Superman before the death of Superman, Right. there really wasn't, nobody wanted to do Superman because, you know, it was a case of, having to work and not really earn royalties and all this stuff. But once the book started selling, you know, a million copies, then everybody started pitching Carlin um, ideas for one shots and this prestige format and stuff. And he had to do them basically because, you know, DC's, you know, they're they're They wanted to make money. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of Superman type, things came out a lot of batman stuff came out there wasn't as much of the other characters no but in, in a way those though were the, those were the two big sellers during that time so. i was gonna say though but in a way though kind of takes away from you guys because if you're trying <laughs> yeah, to do an impactful story about the death of superman oh well don't worry about it because i just read about <laughs> superman dying here or right. i read about him dying over here or, well the biggest issue was there was always and there always is a finite amount of money in the comic market yeah. So on a given week, if someone's going to spend five bucks for a prestige book, right, are they then right. not going to buy one of our books? You know, I mean, so we were unfortunately being there is competition against us for the regular, you know, dollars that the the buyer had. And then you know what? I then it game then it became really frustrating to be a comic book fan because they started spreading out in more than just one issue. Yeah, this one's a three issue series. It's called Trinity by Matt Wagner. And then I had the uh, Superman, you know, for all seasons. That was a four issue one. Then there was uh, another one here called the Golden <laughs> Age. Oh yeah, that was a nice one. That was uh, a James Robinson one. Yeah, but like you said, I only had so much money. You know what I mean? It's right. like I can't buy them all. You know. Well, and that was the problem. Again, what we had was, you know, we would think, well, if you were doing a book with, you know, four books a, in a month, like all the Superman titles, yeah, you were really kind of cannibalizing your own sales by having someone outside do a oh yeah that's bob hall <clears throat> yep who i don't even really think of as a joker guy but he did that no one. well did he write it too or yeah it's the whole thing by bob hall yeah no oh, i'm listening to you no yeah it might, i mean i know people want to make money so I mean, the, the uh, same thing is true with the batman books the batman books would have to compete with the prestige things too so in any given month i would imagine if a I mean, there were days where they were doing $20 hardcovers too, like grand, oh, yeah. original. Oh, so yeah. when something like that came out, I always would think, well, does that take away, how many sales does that take away from the regular books? Oh, no, no doubt. I mean, I've got some books here that I remember buying and going, geez, it's, it's, you got to make the choice. It's like, do I buy yeah. this now or do I buy that? Or you told the guy, hold these books for next right. week. I'll buy right. this today. And uh, you know what though, it, sad, I'm telling you, I don't know if the value in the street is increased. I haven't gone on eBay or I haven't really looked. <laughs> These things look brand new. That they yeah. held up well. The the pages are still white. The covers are still slick and glossy. But the thing of it is, uh, most of these have never been reprinted. Yeah, I don't no, see they, well, DC putting these out again. 
they put some things in multiple, like they take, they did some collections. Like an omnibus? Back, like early 2000s. No, they were like hardcovers with maybe three or four of them together. Oh, really? Oh, okay. But I don't think they've ever done um, a lot of them. Because I think there's one, what was the one that Jose uh, Luis Garcia Lopez did, Superman Cal. It was maybe Dave Gibbons wrote it. Oh. It was, and that was set also in the uh, like Middle Ages. And, uh, you know, he, you remember I do that one? Have that one. I it's do. a beautiful looking book. It's really I nice. saw. Yeah, it's in the po- It's in. I'm not going to look for it, but it's in the boxes over there. But yeah, no, I do have that one too. No, I have a whole geez. shelf load of stuff like that. I have, like I said, one giant long box. I found them all last night, and it was just end to end prestige books. And most all DC Marvel had a couple. Marvel had like Simonson and, and Louise and Walt did one about uh, Havoc and um, Wolverine. Right. A road trip. I think it was called Meltdown. And then well, that would have been a bigger one. That was one still when they were doing the larger. No, I no, that, that was a four issue, a prestige format one. Oh, was it? I don't know when they stopped the graphic novel. You know what? The one of the last graphic novels I have is John Byrne's She Hulk. Yeah, that was towards the end, and Byrne was doing She Hulk probably what late eighties. But that was before. That was this is when he did the She Hulk graphic novel was be, right around the time he put her in the Fantastic Four. So that would have been earlier eighties. No, but I'm saying that. He did the know. regular She-Hulk comic after. Yeah, he but left when Super- did they stop doing graphic novels, the big ones, Marvel? These, I don't. I don't think. I'm trying to remember the the last one I remember might have been when they did New Mutants with uh, Claremont. Oh and, no, no, no! They did one with Mobius and. Oh, um, you know who they did? A, they did. A, they did a couple of Conan ones late. Those were even up through maybe. I want to really? say. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple. Um, Huh. Roy, Roy Thomas had sent me one that he had copies of because I'd never seen it. it came I, out I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think Marvel or... still had the license by then, didn't they? They had. Key yeah, yeah. It was. It was towards the end, but it was done as a original graphic novel, and John Buscema drew it, and it was full color, really nicely done. But I don't think huh. it, it felt. It probably came during that time when there was a glut in the market too. So, I mean, it's hard to. Really? I don't John know what the wow. But the business side of it is is always. Uh, it's very opaque. You don't know why they do what they do. I think that they um, th- they used to go take a survey of of retailers back mm-hmm. when they when they had like uh, people who were like DC had people devoted just to contacting stores. Yeah, and they would survey them. Would you buy this? How many copies would you buy? So I think that's how they would gauge interest in like collections and things. But I don't know how you would gauge that for a original. No, yeah. I'm just saying they were cool for their time, and I really enjoyed them all. I don't think there was a bad one. I think what might have happened is there was too many of them because then you would pick up yeah. one that wasn't so great, and you'd go, "Geez, I just spent five ninety five on this," and the books at that time were probably two bucks, maybe. Right. Well, the one you fifty that Trinity one yeah. was that was fairly recent as far as those are concerned. Trinity was was that done in the two thousands. It is done in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. So the the thing is, one of the last ones, though, around that time is when they started collecting everything into trades. So they had less reason to put the hardcover, you know, or like a prestige format. They could do six issues of. You know what? Another thing is. um, Instead of three of those. Not only these, but now they have the new black label size. 
yeah, yeah. You see, and which is funny now that I think about it, I think it's almost the same size as the original graphic novels. Yeah, it is. It's more like eight and a half by eleven. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to go compare them. Uh, put them well, on and the, the the omnibuses they've been supersizing them too. They're slightly bigger than printed size now. They've yeah, been doing that because that's the difference. I think the masterworks and the what were the DC ones called? Uh, DC did the uh, archives. DC archives. Yeah, I think they were the same size as a comic book, weren't they originally? They right. They're all the same size, but the the newer ones are like a, maybe a, an inch taller or half inch taller and wider. Yeah, here's one right here. Yeah. Well, winners, and it is the same size as a yeah. comic book. Yeah. But if you have a guy, omnibus compared to one of the newer omnibuses, um, something new like that Superman one you had or whatever. Here's a Daredevil one. Just so this put one. the other book in front of it. It's slightly bigger. Oh, yeah. That's so a comic they, book. It's the problem... And the problem they've had is that they have old files for these things. So when they've done that, a lot of times they don't have good enough, um, you know, scans, basically. Do they stretch the art ever? They don't stretch it, but they're, they're enlarging it. And sometimes it holds up, sometimes it doesn't. I think yeah. they, the problem is in the old days, well, old days, when they were doing computer, first computer stuff, the files weren't as big. So the line art, I think, was maybe... I want to say the line art was less than 300 DPI. Oh, um, so it breaks apart. It wouldn't scale up that big. Yeah. It wouldn't scale up so. So it look fuzzy. Again, we're going to get nerdy Order. printing. Yeah. yeah. What are they talking about? What happens is it's like, and it, people know, if you have a photograph and you make it too much bigger, you spread the DPI, the dots per inch away, and right. then it just becomes. Well, like fuzzy. with the comic stuff, it's worse because the, all that stuff was. Um, a shitty newsprint. Print. Well, no, when they were scanning it, it was, it was, uh, flattened or whatever the files would be turned into bitmaps so if you enlarge yeah. those you're getting the squares in other words it's made of like square blocks that's they've had all kinds of issues so you're opening that one yeah i was like oh my god i haven't opened this yet but i'll do it right here on camera I'll and which one is this the this all winner is the all winner squad and technically this is the very first time that captain america submariner and the human torch meet each other right in this one they i mean they were all in the same book a lot is of times but yeah, they never crossed over until. But is that the first volume? No, this is volume four. Yeah, because I have the first. I think I have the first two. I don't have the uh, ones after that. Yeah, they the finally come together. The reproduction's kind of iffy in those. They're, it's a shame that they don't look better unless they've. No, I know that fellow, Mike Kelleher, who comes to Terrificon, he works on a lot of these. He's Kellestrations. Yeah. He does a lot of them. He'll be able well, they to. Can, tell you which one? They can do more now with the computer stuff than they used yeah. to. So. In the old days, there was a lot of really bad. We can you know, tell, like, if you look at some of these, the pages are shorter. See? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the old comics were a little more square. You know that. Me? Like the Golden Age books. Do you have any Golden Age books? I have one right here. Because they're a little more square. Do headline comics count? I don't know. When did it come out? 40s? It's a Jack Kirby. Yeah. Simon and they're a little Kirby. more square. Compare that to the size of a regular comic. They're probably like a little bit wider. Oh yeah, they're definitely wider. Oh, I used God, to, yeah. yeah. So Look that's that. why they're that's why they're reproduced with that space at the top that's and almost, bottom. That's almost a full yeah. half inch or so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because when you used to have to buy bags, bags yeah. and boards, they even the the nineteen sixties stuff is is uh, slightly sized bigger yeah. than the current. When you get books, you, I always get this. I always get Silver Age bags just because, you know. <coughs> you know, it'll fit. 
What? <clears throat> yeah, you know it'll fit. Nope, it'll fit. Yes, yes, yes. I think I got this from Pat over at Cave, just to have it. Ten cents headline comics. I think this is their. their they started. They couldn't do crime comics, but if they went and got true stories from the FBI, it even says that on the cover. <coughs> they were allowed to do it. You know. See that? That was always one of my favorites. Do you have this? You I do. Ha- I do have that. I do have that. Gil Kane, Superman. You know what I found autographed by this guy Ordway? It's in a box over here. Because when you used to go to Norwalk to the was it Flamingo Street or Dream Factory? Both. I would pick up my <laughs> I would pick up my Shazam books, and I found it last night. It's Superman. <laughs> you were say something else when you start. I would pick up my sh- <laughs> and no, and it was you would sign them. You would come in, and I'm like, why is this guy marking up my Shazam comics? But I found that last night. It was um, Superman versus Shazam, and I also found shazam 1000 is that what it's called oh the yeah the future one yeah 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 with the big beard on him and stuff yeah dc 1 million that was the DC 1 million yeah i found that last night i go oh i haven't (laughs) read this in i'm gonna say what 26 years yeah those were fun to do was was it 26 years ago 95 right that would have been 98 oh okay still 20 something years ago 22 wow jerry you look good for 23 (laughs) it's yeah. the uh, mileage is, is yeah as is opposed the, to this let's go go checks look at that 80 page giant 25 yep. cents superman i remember picking those up were these all original stories or just reprints <clears throat> most of them were reprints i think yeah i'm looking <laughs> i yeah. remember the go go check stuff around the time of the batman tv show well that's because they wanted it to stand out on the newsstands right yeah in yeah. 1960 marvel tried the pop art Marvel pop art productions that was around. Yeah. That little, uh, that's, was that the same? That was the same time. Yeah. Around the same time. They were trying to make themselves distinctive, I guess. I did not know that. It was up in the corner box. It was was a little subtle. I I never understood why they did that, but now that makes sense. I think it was, they were just trying to, they said, Hey, we got college kids reading this and you know, pop art was basically what, you know, Andy Andy Warhol or whatever. yeah. 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 Well, that that was today's show. I don't want to belabor it too much here. It's almost it's almost nine when we're recording this today. So how long have you been going? Uh, about forty five minutes or so. Really? Wow. Yeah. What it was, was your? Did you have a favorite Elseworlds book? Did you like those? Did you read them all? Um, I really liked Gotham by Gaslight. I thought that was really uh, a lot of fun. And that was, you forget, Brian Augustine. Brian know? Augustine, yeah, he was in 2015. He used to live over here because he liked the Sycamore Drive in um, well, restaurant. Mike, Mike Mignola was part of uh, 1988. We went to the UK convention. It was UCAC. And yeah. it was in, uh, I think, October or September. Isn't that the or stuff October. they give you to throw up when they pump your stuff? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but, but during that trip, Mike yeah. Mignola was at that show. John Byrne, me, a bunch of people went to the show. Right. That's when, we, you know, I got to see the Batman movie set yeah. on that trip. Well, yeah. Mignola, when he was there, he did the Jack the Ripper tour. So that's where that comic kind of came from, you know? Oh, okay. <clears throat> he went on, the, I remember him saying, oh, I'm going to do the Jack the Ripper tour through the alleys. They had like, a, you know, someone walking you, a tour group through the alley. Here's where this victim was found. Here's where, so. Yeah, he, no, remember, my, my wife and kid went on that uh, trip. They were just talking about the other day, the Whitechapel tour. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was his inspiration for the Batman, the Gotham by Gaslight. No, it was a good one. The, the animated show came out too. 
unless Brian Augustine had the idea and then Mike was just doing reference as possible too. I don't know the history of it since Augustine Brian. wrote it. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would probably depend on where it, if it started with, with uh, Augustine or if it started with he Mike. He was at Trificon. I, I remember people were just mostly asking him about the flash. Yeah. I don't Brian's know a nice guy. Uh, Brian, yeah. Brian did, he basically edited the flash during that period when Wade, Mark Wade really came on. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was a good book. So there was that one. Did you read any of the Superman ones? Or you, do you tr try not to read? If you're working on a character, you try not to read anybody else's stories that are about that character so you don't accidentally get influenced? It wasn't as big an issue then okay. because I was working on, <clears throat> I mean, when you're writing a monthly book, you're in your own storyline, you know. Yeah. I think when you're doing like trying to pitch something, I don't know if it would be the same. Like, because it's not like Hollywood where you'd pitch something and, well, always, you know, I mean, people always pitch, you pitch stuff that nothing, nothing's necessarily 100% original, even if you think it is, because you're influenced by everything else that you've read and had whatever. Yeah, but they tell you that all the time that they can't read anything there for legal right. obligations. <laughs> but that's their up. You don't want to get sued. But I mean, with comics, if you read, if I read Howard Chaikin's, you know, Blackhawk and then came up with a Blackhawk idea, it's not like Howard Chaikin's going to sue me because DC owns that. So yeah, but it's a little different. Oh, that's you know true. I mean? They're not your characters anyway. Yeah, I get it. I you don't have it. any. I mean, and and comics is the whole continuity thing is built on what came before. So you basically use whatever is already there, and you build your story off of it. You're is there some kind of like Smurf thing happening at your house? Right now? My Stooges clock. Oh no. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I got a book for you here. A Three Stooges thing called the Stooges Chronicles. I don't know if you ever read it or you have it already. But oh, is it the book that wasn't written by Mo? Was it? Is it the one that it's Mo got wrote? A blue, does it have a blue cover? Is it eight and a half by eleven size? Yeah, you have yeah, it. I, I think I might. Oh, all right. I don't possible, I don't. When I'm rummaging around here like a pack rat, like my wife says, I find all these things. I go, I don't need this anymore. I don't even remember having it. I'll give it to Jerry, or Scott I, I'll, Martin, I'll or Chris. You. So here I'm gonna I'm gonna promote my this is what I my latest eBay thing. It's on the forty nine ninety five hardcover. And I Wait did a second. A, your 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 Shazam trade wasn't that supposed to come out like now? Oh, look at that! It ends uh, tomorrow night. I'll put this up tonight. Yeah, this will go up tonight. I'll I'll relink it. When did you do that so, one last week? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um. So no, the the thing about the Shazam thing, I do have an update on that. Yeah. What's up with it? Well, the I, the editor, I guess they're working from home. All the people. everybody is, yeah. The uh, the reprint guy that I dealt with um, at DC, he's putting. They're putting together the second volume. So I said, well, what happened with the first? The he first said there was one, yeah. some, well, there were issues, and he wasn't specific because he probably couldn't be specific. But it seemed like it's possible they were. It was delayed because of. Well, they print them in China, which I was wondering that too. Yeah. No, because it was it would have been it would have been the orders would have been placed in that time frame. So mm -hmm. I think he said they were going to try to resolicit it in August, and then oh. the second volume would be solicited like in December or something. So, um, I mean, I'm hopeful. I know they're doing it. The book itself, all the files exist, and they've uh, well. On the good news is they, <laughs> whenever they go back to making movies, Shazam two was greenlit and they were supposed to film that. So there will still be Shazam movie presence. So, but when know. is, the, I saw the black Adam thing is supposed to come out between right before it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, right now I have no idea what's going on with schedules because everything's been put on hold, which I was thinking is odd because my buddy in Australia said that they're almost back to, you know, normal. Because well, the, did you see? I just saw something on. Uh, so uh, I was Variety. like, why don't they go film down there? That's what I was going to say. Right. Why, don't you, why don't you take your production company and move to Australia since there's no well, virus they, right they, there? Well, everybody's got times when it, it eases off and then. It no, they're pretty much bad. done at this point. But anyway, what were you going to say? No, there was a, a thing on Variety that said that Mickey Rourke just finished filming a movie that filmed all the way through the, <laughs> through the lockdown. <laughs> it was probably and, in his backyard, you know. It just, it is interesting, but I mean, I, I've been wondering that too, because all these Netflix, everyone's got Netflix now, but the thing of it is all the new content's going to disappear soon because there's going to be like six months from now that there's not right. going to be any new shows because they haven't right. made any because they've been shut down for about. Well, and there's some stuff that was months. not finished. They might have like five of 10 episodes done and well, maybe they still need to do something. The, um, the Winter Soldier, that was supposed to be on in August, but they were filming it. I think they were filming it in Prague, but they had to shut down production. So they didn't get that done. And uh, I don't know. I saw Marvel pushed all their stuff back because it's not only just filming it. A yeah. lot of the Marvel stuff ties into each other. So right. you can't introduce a character here. Right. And then not do the movie because you have to know, you know, which they have to be in order. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, the Black Widow got pushed back to November. But at least they don't have to worry about the, uh, you know, like the TV shows tying in. No, no, I think they do because I noticed the other day at the, I was at Walgreens and they had a new line of toys out for the Black Widow because the movie was supposed to have opened last Friday. We, you and I were supposed to have already been reviewing this movie, by the way. <laughs> so the movie's not out, but the merchandise is out. Oh, toys I looked, at the, I looked at the back of the toy and they had the characters from the movie. They had the Red Guardian, they had Black Widow, they had her sister, they had the Taskmaster all those characters, but they also had Bucky as the winter soldier. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe right. cause it's a, it's a prequel. Oh, uh, well it Maybe takes place right after, after the, it's supposed to be after civil war. You know, well, I thought it was after, no, I, I just read recently. I thought it was supposed to be after the winter soldier movie. Okay. okay. I heard, I heard it was supposed to be after civil war. Yeah. Maybe it is that, I don't know. Either way. He's apparently in the movie, but then I'm wondering, is there something that happens with that character that tied into oh. the but TV the show? Set after, the show set after Endgame, right? <clears throat> the show is, yeah, but there's a character called, I've, I don't, this is all speculation. There's a character called, oh, Red something. I can't remember his name. He's got like these. Red Guardian? No, Red Guardian's in the movie, but there's another guy that I think was. Red Skelton. Red Skelton is it? Red Fox is in it? <laughs> no, it was this. There was this guy that had these like, I don't know, like what do you want to call them? Like tentacle things came out of his wrists. Huh. He was a villain in the. Um, that sounds like one of those X. Was there an? It was an X Men villain. Yeah, it was an X Men villain. And they, yeah, I read that he was he was going to be in the movie, but he's a Russian based character. Huh. Crimson. Crimson. Uh, no. Well, there was the Crimson Dynamo was... No, Crimson Dynamo's, yeah, that's... Uh, well, you know what's funny that you should he say that? Him. He, was, he was also, wasn't he a Russian character from the Iron Man stuff? He was a Russian character from Iron Man, but his son is played by Mickey Rourke in Iron Man 2. But right. Anton, whatever, I can't think his name was, right. in the comics was the Crimson Dynamo. Right. So you just mentioned that, and the, it, you know what's funny? on the back of these toys, you could you get like a little piece to build a bigger figure. 
Right. And all the pieces that you get to build are for the Crimson Dynamo. Oh, interesting. So maybe he's mentioned in the movie. Yeah. And maybe it all ties in or something. I don't know. There's a, there was, it was odd that I was like, why would you pick the Crimson Dynamo as yeah, his yeah. figure? And I'm like, oh, maybe he's in the movie or something, you know? So wait, here's a yeah. question for you, Mr. Continuity. Yeah. The Winter Soldier happens after Captain America, after Iron Man 2? The movie? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. after. Yeah. yeah, okay. So Iron Man 2 and then... The only reason why they made Iron Man 2 is they were late on... So Tony Stark and Iron Man could be in that Black Widow movie too. Yeah, that I had heard rumors that uh, Downey had a cameo in it. So yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, Iron Man himself, it could be Rhodey or whoever, but, I mean, that character could be in any of those. The reason why they made Iron Man 2 is because they were behind production on Thor and Captain America. That's the Uh, reason why that movie exists. uh, It wasn't supposed to happen. It was supposed to be 2008 Iron Man. Right. The Hulk with Universal. Right. 2009 was supposed to be, you know, the Captain America Thor movies, but they got delayed. So they had to throw Iron Man 2 into the mix just to push everything back a bit. But you don't think it's because Iron Man made made a billion dollars and they said, hey, let's do another solid bet and first? I remember, no, I remember <laughs> well, the story was supposed to be the demon in the bottle story that Bob Layton right. and Dave Michelini did. But then I heard Downey didn't want to do it because he's a recovering addict himself. Right. And right. he didn't want to play up the whole right. Tony Stark becoming Too close to home probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's in the movie very subtly. He gets drunk at a party, but it's not like alcoholism, like you know, like the comic was. But uh, but I do remember reading the only reason why Iron Man Two exists is because they had a stall to get the other two movies finished in time to get the Avengers ready. I can't. Remember. I like Iron Man Two. I I mean, I, most people I think, don't. They put that on the I, bottom of the list next to Thor: Dark World. See, and I I watched I rewatched the. Thor, I watched the Dark World one too, and it's not as bad as no. I mean, I think the problem is that everybody's going to have favorites. So nowadays, everybody wants to rank stuff, and I really don't like that. I mean, I'm not a big ranker. Like, I wouldn't be somebody who wants to like they say we had on Twitter. It was like your top five movies. Yeah, people just like. I don't want to do that. I mean, I have my favorites, but I don't think my favorites are necessarily what I consider the best movies. You know what's sentimental you know no, you know what's funny about that it's like they say thor 2 is bad and this and that let me tell you i saw return of the swamp thing in the movie theaters <laughs> that was bad okay i sat through condor man okay that was batman, bad. And, batman and robin was bad batman and robin was bad you know i tried to find some good moments in that go well the stuff with alfred was okay and you know it was in color <laughs> it was, it was, it, there was it that was, was my it line was talky, you know. <laughs> leaving was the it? theater it was leaving it. the theater because we saw like a DC screening of it. And I remember like leaving the th- theater, like, well, DC paid for it. What could you say positive? Cause somebody said, well, what, what, what can you say positive about it? I said, well, it was in color. Oh, they must have <laughs> loved that review. Jerry Ordway says it's in color. Go see it now. It's a talkie. It's a talkie. It's got air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Beat the heat. Go see George Clooney as Batman. <laughs> Well, remember when uh, when when that movie was in production? He wasn't Carlin, bad as Bruce Wayne, though. Well, Carlin was doing when he he was the uh, in the Dick Giordano role at DC during those years. Yeah, and Mike had to fly to Los Angeles like once. A, I'm like, I think every two weeks he had to fly to Los Angeles. What to work on that? <clears throat> to de- to meet with the movie guys and to meet oh. with the studio. so 
his he was DC's representative, and I remember him going to the set, yeah. and um, you know he said that he had like George he looked at George Clooney in the costume, and Clooney made a joke. He said, "Oh yeah, everybody's got the nipples," <laughs> you know, or something like that. <laughs> I think was his didn't um I gotta look at Kilmer. I thought Kilmer's costume had some nipples. Yeah, they did. It was it was but it was, was a bit more subtle. Yeah, yeah. But it was funny. It was like Robin and Batman, but not Batgirl. Oh yeah, I didn't she think didn't of that. have nipples. Yeah, no, her. that would be. No, no, <laughs> it's no. like wait, what? That wouldn't have flown. That's not Charlie's Angels. <laughs> if it was in the seventies, it would have been. Different. But I'm saying is like it's a weird thing to 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 do and then to not do it. It's that like the whole if, movie was weird. Put, put nipples on these costumes. Batgirl should have had them. <laughs> Let's not try to figure out what went wrong with Batman and Robin because the shows will be here for four hours. Well, did you have you watched any of the? Uh, I know there's like stuff popping up on Netflix all the time. What? Anything new on Tiger Netflix? King? I watched Tiger King. Yeah, I see. I don't have any interest. Well, I didn't have any interest either, but I had it on while I was doing this nonsense, and I'm listening to it as I'm like organizing my messed up life here, and I said, "Wow, the wackiness in the world of people that raise and own tigers." If they right. could do that behind the scenes at a comic con, we'd be all over it. Cause this one guy's crazy. He wants to be his star. He has a, a, a somebody following him around with a camera crew. He's got a reaction. It does sound like a comic con. It does. And then he's trying to kill this woman. It runs a rival tiger zoo because he says she murdered her husband and fed her <laughs> husband to the tigers. And he's got no proof. I mean, the husband's disappeared. Who knows what happens, but. But every time the tiger say. opens his mouth, he hears, help me <laughs> no but he goes nuts and uh, spoiler alert he eventually hires a, a hitman to kill her for three thousand dollars that's why not how much they get why don't you just feed her to a tiger i do you got to see it to believe it he's got this <laughs> little circle of uh sick sycophants is that the word i'm looking for it sounds like a comic store his henchmen he's got his henchmen <laughs> a comic shop and they're all around him and they go yeah boss yo whatever you say one guy puts a revolver <laughs> to his head and goes this Ruger won't fire. There's no bullet in the clip. And he blows his brains out. It's like, oh, that's great. And they have it on surveillance Cletus, video. Black-jawed yokel. <laughs> they have it on surveillance video, and they don't show the, the fellows shooting his brains out, but they show the reaction of the guy watching it happen. And he's like, <laughs> and then he's just like, and he, there's no sound, but he's just like, oh, my God, he's dead. <laughs> And then it's like for a couple minutes, he's, he's, I wonder if he's like thinking the guy's going to get back up. I'm like, he just blew his brains out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just see this look like. Better. <laughs> not Bob, like in them, not like in them Terminator movies. <laughs> you want a Band-Aid? It'll be all right. Walk it off. Walk it off. Them bullet holes ain't healing. <laughs> no. No. Here, put it. Quick, go get me some of that salve I got there. I put a rash the other day. That'll cure anything. Tiger bomb. <laughs> So anyway, there I just I summed up the uh, Tiger King for you about a crazy guy. I've been watching, I've been watching uh, amazing stories on Apple. I want to watch that. By the and way, Tiger King, believe it or I not, like Jerry, it. believe it or not, Jerry, drugs are involved. No, Who knew really? there'd be drugs and alcohol involved? <laughs> but uh, no, I want to see that. I have Apple TV, and I did want to see amazing stories. And there's another special. That's it feels on. very much like the Spielberg. original. It's got a. It's got stories that are a little you know twilight zoney but they all have heart isn't there another like docu mini series well, there's this there's a show on amazon called tales from the loop 
Yeah, yeah I've heard about really, that. Yeah. It's really interesting, and it's only they're tied together in that it's a group of characters. Each episode focuses on a different thing, but it's, it's science fiction. Yeah, a science fiction kind of premise about you know it basically touches on a bunch of different stuff, but it's very thoughtful science fiction, right. you know, not bombastic science fiction. You know, I, I didn't like the new Twilight Zone. Have you tried watching those? I haven't. I don't have CBS. So I'll let access. you have my password. You can watch it. Okay. The new Star Trek. Why don't you tell me now? <laughs> you want? I'll tell everybody right now. My password is <laughs> Mitch at. <laughs> no, I watched. I got it to watch Picard and um, Star Trek and all that jazz. But. So you paid for a year? No, I do it by the month. I think it's like six dollars oh. a month. So I'm done with it. That's why I was about to cancel it. But you know, six bucks. I could float you six bucks, Jer. You could watch these shows for a month or two. <laughs> well, I just I don't know if you did this, but for anybody, ever seen. Oh, very nice. The yes. Flash as a Flash. I like the package. He nice just died. Page. What was the artist's name? Mort Drucker. That's Is not that Mort, Mort Drucker. That's Sal no. Sam Vivano. Yeah, Sam Viviano, right? Yeah, but not to be confused with the guy that played Uncle Floyd. No, Sam. I Sam that was somebody. Sal who, Viviano. Sam Viviano, for a bit of trivia, if yes. you look at comics, DC Comics around 1968 or 69, right? There's a whole house ad kind of page about Sam Viviano's trip to DC Comics and meeting Carmine Infantino. It's the same yeah. Sam Viviano. Oh, which that kid. Cool. Yeah, he had a he did a drew a, a page about you know yep, that's nice. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> but people won't know who this is anymore. Was that they, actually that's? But is that a regular the regular storyline? They just did yeah. A it was just they had a month of variant comics, and I went. That's and got, crazy. Because people give me crap about me and my variant collections. I don't get them all. Wouldn't people buy that thinking it was funny? I did. In fact, uh, right underneath the laptop, I can't get it. They did an Aquaman one, and it was done, I think, by Sergio Argonas. And it's hysterical. It's it's Aquaman, but yeah. Oh, you so, mean hey, they'd be mad when they open this up and there's no Mad Magazine in it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like it, it's like that. Oh, so no, like, they did a, they did a whole Looney Tunes thing too. You see what I'm doing? What's going on? Dreadstar. The layout for one of these. I'm going to do one of. Oh, the, you're doing one of the Dreadstar incentive. Yeah, for their for the the Dreadstar. Yeah, for Ominous Press. I already donated. I already did, did that. Fifty bucks. You? you get the. Uh, I think you get a t-shirt and you get the book. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, they're going to put these up. Um, I have to finish it. I'm just, my, just doing like a, a layout. For wasting it. time doing this. Well, this all my Dreadstar books. Out of it, I guess. I get, maybe I'll get an omnibus out of it. I was looking for all my back issues. I couldn't I have find them. it. I had, the, I had the epic ones. I, don't, yep. I couldn't find any of them because I don't have a box labeled epic. <laughs> No, I actually had mine. But I do have mine organized. I don't have them organized slavishly, but over the years, since I had comics the same way you did, where they were, we moved. A year. 20 years ago, we moved, yeah. and they were sitting under the stairs, and then they were sitting That's in boxes, yeah. unsorted. And then when I try to find something for reference, I couldn't find it, so I'd wind up having to sort through a bunch of boxes. Mm -hmm. And then I'd still be missing books. So I finally... Well, Last year, I finally found a couple more boxes that hadn't been sorted, and I was able to fill in blanks. And what, I, what did I do? I had them all on the dining room table, sorting them all out. And I said, do I even care? Do I even need these? Yeah. So like uh, maybe four or five boxes, I gave them to Goodwill. All like, They never went out there. They probably just took them in the back. 2000s era from like 98 through Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
That's what I got here. You know what's sad? They're great stories. I picked them up. I have so many of the uh, DC Legends of the Dark Knight. Remember that series? And then yeah, the yeah. Shadow of that the Bat. Yeah. Yeah, they were these anthology, different creators, the Batman black and white by all these different artists and writers. They're yep. beautiful, drawn. They're great Batman stories. But just like those prestige books I have here. Cool. Well, it's just, it, as we said last time, it, it, there's so many comics out there that it's like turning a tap. Yeah. There's always more coming out to tap, yeah. you know, like well, it's just a finite thing. This, this being home, I hate, to, I won't hurt Matt's feelings at Cave Comics, but this six, seven weeks of, uh, what do you call it, uh, cold turkey? Yeah. I'm not getting any new books. I, I mean, it, it's really made me rethink about what I'm going to buy going forward because I found yeah. a lot of books that I hadn't read. And I'm like, why don't I read them now? And I'm like, why did I buy that book? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be more selective in my choices. That's all I'm saying. And I really like buying the collected books like the omnibuses yeah. or the trades because yeah. I'm like, I could sit down, I could read the entire storyline by a certain creator and that's it. It's done. But so. they're all, those are all old comics. So you're, you're no, talking, no, no. This is the Mark Wade. Are you talking about cutting loose the, uh, the new stuff? No, this came out not too long ago. Okay. Mark Wade you're and Chris Sandy. Loose the new stuff and then just go into collections. Maybe. Well, no, I still I, like seeing stuff as it no, comes out. I like out. my immortal Hulk. I get that. It's a beautiful book. I like the yeah. art. It's but, a good story. A lot of these miniseries, like I just got the tarot book. I got three of them by Alan Davis. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know what? If that was a trade for like. So you you know, got three of them? I think I only got. Or no, I guess the fourth one the, isn't out. The fourth one wasn't stuff. out, but the third one came out just when yeah. the, uh, the thing hit. And, right, right. Uh, I managed to get that. But I'm just saying, though, I mean, that's a great story, but it's, it's a standalone story, just yeah. like, you know. Well, what are we, like, but what are we going to do? I mean, what are we going to do when. Uh, On Wednesdays? You know, when the comics start coming back, is it all going to be a glut of multiple months of stuff? Or is I, it going to- I heard Mark, I heard May 20th through the grapevine that Diamond's yeah. going to be shipping stuff. But I heard DC is shipping stuff this week. And I know BoomTube comics. Through mid, yeah, through Midtown. Yeah, Midtown, Midtown and CB. CB. Well, they're, they're partnering, partnering with somebody and they're going to ship East Coast and yeah midwest and california is going to be the same company with a different partner not yeah. midtown some other partner no it's it's i think it's dcbs the discount comic book service yeah. but they're they're out on wednesday over at boom tube up here in southington he's signed up for it but, but there's like, a, what, four titles yeah i was like are those the regular dc books like the batman and, yeah i think it's stuff that was supposed to come out stuff that was you know yeah so that's still be weird so because they still, stores still have orders for that stuff. I, oh, I, I know, think, I know, I know. I already ordered mine, and mine are already ordered through Diamond. So I, I think you know anything at like Cave Comics, we're going to just have to wait till May twenty. No, but I'm wondering what that means if you say you bought that book. That's yeah. a smaller press run than the Diamond one. So does that mean years from now, if it's ever worth something? But is it? Will those be harder it's to come? Probably, I don't think it's going to be a smaller press run. I think it's going to be Diamond's still going to get whatever their orders were for those books. Oh, Diamond's you think it's just a different distributor? Yet. Yeah, it is. Oh, so okay, it's basically so. DC selling it as if it were Borders or. Oh, or, all right. You know, I thought they were another, doing. A different, I thought they were at a whole new printer. No, the same printer. I think they're going through just a different. It'll so the books will be sitting for Diamond probably when Diamond reopens. Uh, those books will still because it looked well, like it was regular books that were supposed to come out in April. Well, we'll see. 
we'll see I mean, the, the biggest issue, which yeah. we get a lot of, I mean, there's been a lot of news when the store is closed, but there hasn't been a lot of news because none of this, I mean, all the states are on a different schedule for yeah. reopening. Yeah. I just hope, and again, I think it's whatever we're doing, obviously it's working yeah. by staying home, yeah. but it would be nice if some of these things could start up and they'd still have precautions. Like there's no reason they couldn't open comic stores and no. allow them to do social distancing with the store. Cause there's not like the crowd, Look, you know, I, I don't get it. If the pet co's open, Right. And I can go get my dog's pet food. I'm not going to yeah. live in the store. I'm going to walk in, get the dog food, and walk out. If I well, can go to Home Depot and get grass seed, why can't I go to the comic shop and pick up a couple of comics and walk out the door? It doesn't make much sense at this point. No. Well, because they're, it's the you know, not the necessary. Uh... Oh, I know. It's not essential, but, <laughs> dude, I've driven by some, uh, some stores that I go, that's an essential store? Seriously? Yeah. You know, you're killing me here. The bath and tile store is essential well, because it's construction. I get it, but yeah, but I mean, even construction sites, I think they're planning and slowly reopening them. I said I mean, they're be doing all the damn road work right now. That's what I was thinking. Like, where's that yeah. bridge replacement that they would have to close the highway for? On the road over ninety-five. You better then, be cutting those damn trees right now, and you better do all that crap because I don't want to be sitting in some traffic jam at two in the morning. Are they being, I mean, are there people in those crews forced to work because they're essential, or are they taken? Are they allowed to to not work as well? You know, who's making the decision? Who's essential? I don't get yeah. it. I, I know. I mean. Well, liquor stores are essential because, you know, you want people drunk and you don't want them out riding. No, I, I heard from somebody the reason why those are open is, do you know the medical nightmare would be if they had to make people stop drinking cold turkey? <laughs> no, it's true. Imagine, you know, forced alcoholics or alcoholics forced to uh, stop drinking right now. Well, they'd, they'd be shooting up Drano and uh, lethal. <laughs> no, they, the, 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 the medical field stressed as it is, they don't need that on top of all yeah. this. You no, know? that's true. That's true. You don't need some guy coming in here seeing pink elephants and thinking there's cockroaches. Hey, on they them. could be making cider like me. Or they could be <laughs> bathtub wine like you. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, that's what they say. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's true at all. I read so many different things, contradictory every day. Everything from the virus was caused by aliens to we're, we're being taken over by aliens right now. I don't well, know. One big just... X-Files. I, I read this years ago and I'm, it's on, I have it on audible. It's the, uh, the great influenza. Yeah. It's a book about the 2018 or the 1918, 1918 yeah. flu. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty scary because so much stuff does repeat, you know, oh, yeah. the, the lesson that I think we need to take out of that is that it wasn't like it just disappeared. They no, had, it came back. Multiple, the, it lasted two it, years. Right, it came back in in 2019, and it came back in different forms. It was Strange, still yeah. still killing people. Yeah, in almost till 2020. I mean, 1920. That's what I'm saying. For 1922, there were still, you know, it was still out there. So, I mean, that's something, you know, that obviously we need to be aware of. Yeah. Well, and back I, then, well, they didn't. They basically, the thing ran its course. It, mm. it ran through the population because they didn't have vaccines that worked. No, they did not. No, is that but herd now, herd they immunity? Do. They call it, I guess. Well, they were saying like the 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 amount of people that were, were affected by it. It really pretty much touched everybody. You know, oh, after it was millions, multiple, it was, and people still got it, even though again, and according to this book, people got it 
like two or three times over those many years. So they had some immunity, but not all immunity, you know? Mm. So that same thing could exist. I'm trying not to sneeze. The problem with uh, dealing with old comic books. Oh yeah. I've I've stirred up the mold spores. Well, I get itchy. When I picked up this Batman. I get get hives and I start scratching. That? Yeah. yeah. Forget Ooh, I don't know. Mm. I picked up some virus from 1964, buddy. And uh, mm, smells like basement. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly well, you know, what it smells like. When, when I was ba- when I was bagging the, and boarding some of these, I opened up the plastic, and you get hit with that, that mildew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm smelling 1972. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? Somebody's got a shag carpet. Yeah, is I have some. Bobby, is that Bobby Goldsboro? I smell. <laughs> the oh, partridge Bobby Sherman. <laughs> Yeah, that's Donovan, who, maybe Donovan, little Donovan. That's a little blue. Yeah. <laughs> do you have many old books? Yeah. Like you what do. year? Like sixties? No, yeah, oh here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Man, we're going way over. Thank you, Zoom, for letting it didn't, it didn't throw us out yet. I don't know who's paying this bill. I ain't paying <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> pandemic rules. <laughs> Let those guys talk. This is it. They're eating comic books. Yeah, they're, they're simulcasting in China. You know what it was, too? I was also playing with my giant-sized man thing a lot. <laughs> and uh, we all That's know supposed that. to be healthy. It's healthy for you to play with your giant-sized man thing. <laughs> no, look at that. So anyway, I was playing with my giant-sized man thing, and then I started to go blind. And I had to, uh... What the hell were those things hanging off his head? Yeah. <laughs> Is that his nose? But what are those He's other things? He's got like the Cthulhu eyebrows. <laughs> Who drew this Gerber? This Val Merrick? I got to call him up. I think Neil Neil did one of the first ones. The first? I one? think Neil did. Yeah, didn't Neil draw the first one? Or Gray Morrow? Gray Morrow might have done. Yeah, it. it was Morrow. Yeah, yeah, it was Morrow. Yeah. Gray Morrow did that. Maybe Howard. Really knows. Beautiful job. Oh, that's shaking. But anyway, I was just going <laughs> to ask gonna say you. Old comics. When it comes to old comics, do you, Jerry Ordway? When you put these books in order before you gave them away to the goodwill, did you take certain valuable ones and pull them out of the the roll, the no run, or you kept them in the spot? Yeah, kept them in the book in the same really? box. So if you had like the death of Gwen Stacy, which is one twenty one, one twenty two of Spider Man, you would keep those in between one twenty and one twenty three because yeah. that's where they fell. How much you, is it worth? Those are worth, you know, a couple hundred depending on condition, you know, hundreds of dollars as opposed to four bucks same with wolverine right in the hulk yeah 181 is worth you know thousands depending on the condition or hundreds yeah they belong in the run of the book i think see i would pull those out and i have them bagged and boarded so i figure they belong with the in continuity if i wanted to read them yeah but if there was a fire god forbid and you had to take them out you're not going to go sorting through i would say get the small boxes that have the key books and get the hell out of there and that'll pay for something well you know what mitch if, if there was a fire i think i'd worry about my family first <laughs> well that's the difference between you and me ordway <laughs> you'd be standing it, everybody's with, they're on their own with your man thing <laughs> i'm taking chair. harley i'm taking this guy <laughs> and i'm taking my box of spider-man one or Amazing Fantasies 15. I don't have that. I wish I had that. You have to take your uh, Batman cereal with you, too. I do have that. I've been using that on my show. You Once have to eat it yet? thousand subscribers, I get to eat it. You haven't, haven't had to eat it yet, though, huh? We only got 56 s- subscribers. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'll, you're safe. I'll, I'll have Robert Wool eat it while that. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
but that's about it, Ordway. I got nothing else going on here. I got to go back to doing this nonsense, this stupid job I started for myself. God, why? Well, have- oh, hey, here's a question, though. Where do you get boxes? Is everybody closed? Uh, no, I yeah. ordered them off of uh, uh, Amazon. Oh, you did? I got five short boxes for $31, which I didn't think was bad, and some bags and some boards. So You should order from Bill Cole Enterprises. They have good stuff. Where's that? They're Bill, in Massachusetts. Bill Cole? Bill Cole, B-C-E. Bill yeah. Cole Enterprises. They have boxes. They have bags and boards. They have oh, I did not know that. Also odd-sized boxes and odd-sized bags and boards. They have magazine size? Yes, they do. I did not know that. You also get boxes that would fit manga. They have little short. Oh, like little square ones? Oh, yeah. They have boxes that you can put huh. your CDs and your DVDs in. I have all my paperback uh, pocket paperbacks over there, all the Marvel reprints yep. from the 70s. Don't know why. You have them on a shelf? Yep, I'm looking right at them. I don't know. Even those fireside ones, the secret origins of Marvel Comics, and yep. I have all those behind me over there. Don't know why. Well, I don't, I, know. Have- I, I, I don't know why I saved them. I assumed my kids would be into it, and maybe they would want to read them, but they didn't. So, so none of your kids like comics, or...? Owen liked the Simpsons. He used to like the <laughs> Simpson comics and he would read some Batman adventures and stuff. Spencer, nah. Even though Spencer met Stan Lee and Casada and all those people, he was never that impressed. He was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, my daughter likes comics. My sons yeah. liked for a little bit, but they didn't uh, stick with them too long. I like video games. My sons love video games. <laughs> I have. Uh, I just ran across. I have. I have a box of the early Simpsons comics, which kind of surprised me. I didn't realize I saved them or that I kept them from the kids, but uh, obviously I must have. You know, those <laughs> were really well done. The Simpsons books. It was almost yeah, like they were watching fun. the TV show. It really was. Yeah, they were good. We were just oh, something just fell. We were just talking about that. In fact, I have Simpsons number one somewhere in this pile underneath. Well, didn't I show you? Or Rachel pull it out or something? Was the one at the store that had the? Uh, oh, the King of the Nerds. King of the Nerds on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't get a royalty check from that, but sure. But no, I have those. You know who worked on those? Mike DiCarlo. Yeah. Well, he Hillary Barda, Hillary's really good. Hillary did some Plastic Man and he did. Uh, and Phil Ortiz, another one? They, they basically, they paid good rates and they had good people doing those initially. They were, they were pretty fun. The stories were all pretty fun too. Nathan Hamill, uh, Mark Hamill's son worked there. Oh yeah. As a uh, colorist, I think. I did a cover for them back oh, when they uh, what I, I I purposely here's the thing Bongo kept the art they wouldn't return the art so they're paid okay. a little more but they they control the art so I told Bill Morrison that if he did the like a layout or a rough pencil I would finish it because then I wouldn't feel like it'd be a big deal not to get the art back but we did a radioactive man special that had I was a, just gonna say was it radioactive man. Oh. They had the Batman movie comic, um, the newsstand edition. We did a takeoff on that. It was kind I of found, fun. Uh, I found those last night. I was talking to my friend Steve Barker, and I said, hey, look, are these worth anything? He says, no. No, uh, I, you know. You remember this when they did these? Yep, I have those, yep. I think I just bought them because I like the covers. I never read the books. When so I'm was sure. that like 1999 or something? Yeah, Sensation. DC did a, a retro yeah, that, but they reintroduced the Justice Society book with uh, that was when James Robinson and yeah, James uh, Robinson, David Goyer, David Goyer, David yeah. Goyer did the the regular JSA book. Chuck Dixon or Russ Heath? Yeah, Russ. That's Heath. a cool one. Yeah, that's a 
that's a combo you don't see much, huh? Yeah. Russ wow. was he was great. I haven't I don't think I've picked this up in twenty something years. I just opened it now. Yeah, they did a they did a neat um must have been like what, six or eight books to promote the return. Who inked him though? He inked himself? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, there's nobody Heath listed. Looked, it says it artist be, Russ Heath. Yeah. He did a, a job when I was uh, a teenager, he did um Son of Satan. This book. <laughs> Brennan Stimpy. That's worthless. No, what were you gonna yeah, say? I was going to say he did a Son of Satan comic that was like pretty awesome that he penciled and inked back in the 70s. I found those over here today too. See, that's, <clears throat> I have a smattering of so many other books. I'm like, you know. Well, you know what? The, question for you. Do, do you complete the entire run or you try to? I used to. And then I realized that I didn't like all the art or all the stories. So I just picked through them. I, I, I used to have like when I was first collecting, I was like, oh, I have. The only book I could do a complete thing, I remember I had Daredevil. Yeah. It have I finally had like one through, you know, 180 something, whatever the, the Miller run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, do I need all these? And I start weeding through them so they're no longer complete. Here's a book that I said to myself, I'm going to sit down and read because I never finished it. Oh, yeah, I have yeah. Them all. 1602, yeah. Neil Gaiman. Did you read it? At the time, I did, yeah. Okay, I see. I got the first two and said I'll go back to them. Never did. You know what? I got the time now. So. You know, we had we had a problem because uh, my daughter and I watched the DVD of Akira. Yeah. The uh, anime movie. Yeah. And I was a big fan of it of the comic, and I used to go when I first moved to New York. I used to go with my exec to Kinokuniya, which was, and there was another yeah. Japanese bookstore in Manhattan. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> and they had the akira i think it was a i think it turned out to be six volumes but they're like phone book black and white volumes of this story in japanese yeah and it was pretty awesome this was back in the you know i think 87 is when i started and then archie comic i mean archie goodwin through epic comics they did an american translation with full color art colored by steve yeah by steve olaf so here's the oh, thing. What? They started doing that in the 80s, later 80s. Yeah. And after watching the anime, my daughter went downstairs where I have them. And she said, you don't have number one, number 12, and number, you know, like, whatever it was, 18 through yeah, 25 so or something. to go fill them in? Yeah. <clears throat> no, and it's, it's so long ago. But I just, at the time, I remember I was getting some of them. I think I was getting comps, but they weren't always coming regularly. Yeah. It's just funny, like, when you actually want to read something, you realize you can't. Well, again, I said, I don't know why I have some of these books, but, I mean, some of these, these are classics. Mo, The Mighty Mo Sizlak. It's got to be, you know, people line up for that. (laughs) Here's a book here. I I don't want to say anything about these creators. You could tell me. I got it because I love The uh, the Shadow and Doc Savage. See that? Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But... It was done by Steve Vance, Stan yes. Manukin. I don't know those. I don't know. No, no, Stan. It's not Stan Manukin. Yeah, it is. I'm looking right at it. Stan Manukin and Vince Roucher. But how's the Stan? Stan. It's Manukin. Manukin. Oh, okay. Manukin. They different. I know Steve Vance. Steve Vance did. Uh, I think he did some Doc Savage on its well, own. Is Doc Savage, right? Yeah. But he worked. He did a bunch of Dark Horse stuff. Here's DC my favorite. Did, 
DC did a nice Doc Savage in the uh, 2000s. Look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Rocketeer magazine. That's the last Dave, I think that's the last Dave Stevens one. Yeah, the final act. This well, came out like five years after part yeah, two. Yeah. They continued it with uh, some, they had Russ Heath. Did oh, yeah, of, no, I have a too. bunch of those. Russ Heath did the movie adaptation, and then there's uh, a bunch they by. They did a follow-up, right. Evan, yeah, Evan Year did some. You did a follow-up, and yeah. yeah. No, but this is a good book. But again, I mean, look at that. That's great. That's Lothar. Rondo Hatton. Rondo, yeah. And then yeah. Stevens did that. He's a guy I wish I got to meet. You ever meet Dave Stevens? Yeah, I used to see yeah. him at, at San Diego Con, yeah. He was a young guy. He was my age. Well, he passed away when he was like 42, I'm going to say. Maybe um, 38. He had that leukemia. Thank you. Yeah, he was, that would have been like early 2000s. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, early two thousand. Yeah. I knew, I knew him. I didn't know him like super well, but I mean, we were friendly. We were also it's funny because we both back in uh, I think it was seventy eight. Yeah, but we both submitted samples for some kind of Marvel tryout. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't the official Marvel tryout thing. This has been like in the seventies, but it was funny because Dave submitted. I think he might have been one of the winners. Yeah. And I found out later that um uh I think it was Jaime Hernandez, you know the guys that did Love and Rockets? Yeah. He also had stuff in that in that thing and he he and I neither we didn't win, but he well, I you know what's him. funny, he was working with uh I don't want to say Russ Heath. Maybe it was Russ Heath. Uh on the Star Wars comic strip. You're saying like Dave Stevens. Dave Stevens was at yeah, that yeah. time. No, yeah. and that Russ Heath, um, I think, is supposed to be the character in The Rocketeer, too. But that's what I thought. No, not Russ Heath. Uh, it was uh, uh, the guy, Doug Wildey. That was it. Doug Wildey, who, who was Johnny Quest, Doug Wildey. Oh, he's supposed to be uh, he's, he's the old yeah, the, yeah, the older sidekick yeah. guy. That yeah, was, Alan Arkin played in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was Doug Wildey. Yeah, Dave worked on animation. That was that was his thing. He worked on the Godzilla cartoon. He worked Good on one for you. Monsters Unleashed. I, with I have that too. Yeah, but this is a tie-in. You mentioned Hulk 181 before with Wolverine. Right. This is like tied into that story. Is it? These are the the hunter guys that the Hulk encounters in the woods. So is that valuable? I probably because I it's I don't know if it's the first appearance of the Wendigo or whatever. It's a weird connection to it well then the wendigo i think the wendigo appeared first in the hulk comic he was in the hulk comic at one point but this one is like i said an offshoot sequel yeah i don't know how much magazines are worth but <clears throat> the magazines then, weirdly enough i don't think had a lot of value i remember i have like a whole box of them in the basement or maybe a couple yeah, boxes the magazines really didn't and then of course tops comics everybody's remember tops oh yeah yeah ack, ack. there you go oh yeah yeah that's funny well did steve vance write that it would be funny if he did. No, Keith Giffen. Okay, because Vance worked on on that as or worked on. Um, I think Charlie some Adler's working on this. Ken Stacy or Stacy. Yeah. yeah. And Dwight John Dwight John Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Yeah, he was a he was at Marvel in the seventies, maybe eighties. Yeah. No, this was the, a sequel to. Uh, the only thing I remember from the top stuff was the uh, Kirby. X-Files. Well, I remember the Kirby books. Oh no no no! I remember the Bombast X-Files. and yeah. uh, Night Rider or Night something. He did like three of yeah, them. Yeah, it, it was yeah. 
Yeah. Remember those? Kirby's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They were concepts that Kirby, did, I think, made on covers. But anyway, that's all I got. I got a lot more sorting to do. I really don't want to go do it, but someone's got to do it because my wife will just, you know, throw it in the trash before the I dog, get... Does the dog not hang around yeah, downstairs? No, she came down she, and looked around and got the hell out of here. Because I would think she'd pee on him. <laughs> no. Peen's too good for him, Jerry. Have you seen some of these books? <laughs> I don't think she wants to waste her urine on this thing. Marvel now what? But it's already got a yellow cover, so you know. It does. I'm going to do some light reading tonight. I'm going to read some David Craft, uh, you know. And David did these. <laughs> oh, cool. And the gum is still in there. So I got to open it up. There's gum inside these things. Yeah, that, that gum lasts forever. That's yeah, uh, that. quarantine gum. <laughs> <laughs> bubble funnies did you i seriously i've i've chewed the gum i had like some superman cards from the 70s <laughs> on a dare <laughs> and the gum was fine well you should have washed it down with my um my cereal well i need to drink some of my three stooges beer from 2000 i have my uh <laughs> my mountain dew from 1999 the phantom menace but anyway that's it i gotta go back see here's another variant cover look at that What's very that? nice I think that's Ron Lim. Very nice. Something. But here's the problem with variant covers. They call them these virgin covers because there's no titles on them. When you're sorting books, you don't know what the hell this is. You're like, what is What it? issue is it? You got to go on the back and see oh. Captain America issue four. <clears throat> oh, okay. But the thing, it's, it drives me nuts because I'm like, what is this? You know what's crazy? The numbering of the Marvel books. I was doing oh, Spider-Man. Started and stopped and started. Oh, my God. I was putting them in order, and I'm like, wait a minute. What's happening here? Why do I have issue 600? And then we go back to one. Then I'm, okay, we're good. I remember it. Then we stop. Then we go back to one again. Then we go into the 700s. Right. Now they're on the 800s. I go, oh, my God. Who thought yeah, this? Yeah, those were impossible. I had to go look them up on, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Wikipedia just to get the, the right numbers because I was losing well, my Imagine numbers. being the price guide where you're supposed to be able to look stuff up. You'd have series a hard one, time. series two. Now we're back to series three. <laughs> Legacy numbering versus. Legacy numbering. Yeah, yeah. It was not good. It was. No, it's good. a terrible. I think it, it's also like a weird artificial well, thing. Like, that, why that, didn't they. That Hulk the, book that just came out, issue 33, right. Immortal Hulk, right? It's technically the 750th issue of the Hulk. Right. Okay. How is that possible? He had six issues. Then he goes into Tales to Astonish. Then he goes back into his own book, but he starts at issue 103, I think it is, because he picked up the Tales to Astonish numbering. Yeah. Well, I remember the Hulk. I remember Hulk issues being 400 something. Yeah, no, they were up there. Yeah, the Burn had him. I have them over here. He got uh, 400. But when Burn. Burn relaunched it in, I want to say, 2000 with no. Garney. Was it? It was 2001 or 2000, something with Garney. Well, I know he was, was drawing it, too. One. No, that was a new, well, yeah, in 2000-something. He, he did it with Garney, was drawing it, and then he quit at some point, and I finished that storyline or whatever. But that, oh. was, that was renumbered, so that was when it started with one again. You want to hear a, bur a Burn story? And here's why I'm getting scared now because I think I'm getting too old or I've read too many comics. I'm looking through, I don't know what it was, and it said the, the X-Men, The Hidden Years, written oh, yeah. and drawn by John Byrne, inked by Tom Palmer. Right. I go, oh, my God, that sounds great. How many issues? 22 issues. 
I've got to read this. I don't know how I never read that book. Well, I love burn. I love the X-Men. I love how he draws them. I got to get this. I go hunt it down on eBay. There's a complete run 30 bucks. Sure enough. I buy it. I'm cleaning the books out the other day. You know what I found? Issues one. Through I, I already owned it. Yeah. I was thinking you probably would have bought it. I did. I had them all. And I'm like, why they did came I out around, they huh? came out around the time he did the, remember he was doing Spider-Man. <clears throat> he yeah. was doing a Spider-Man book. That too. Chapter, yeah, that chapter. That same. Spider-Man chapter one. I found those. He did like, been like late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes and works with Howard Mackey right. on the Spider-Man book. Mackey was writing it. Byrne was drawing it. Right. And then I have those in my Spider-Man run. But I was like, I don't know why I forgot those. Then well, I'm now like, you have two. Well, no, you said it was in the late 90s. In the late 90s, I was working in Norwalk, buying books that you were marking up on the weekends when I'd go in and buy them, putting your name all over those covers. And we had kids. We just bought our house. Right. And we just had our first son. You were buying. I probably wasn't reading them. I probably was just buying yeah. them, just throwing them in a box and like, yeah, I'll get to them when there's a pandemic someday. Well, did, did you have a, a pull list or something? I did. The, I did. So then some, so you didn't even need to seek them out once they're on a pull list. You just got no. them. No, I mean, right stuff like that. I'd look through, I'd look through and I'd say, why do I have this? I was thinking that too, something. because I have so many damn Spider-Man books, all these crossovers, like Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Sp the web of right. Spider-Man. I must've told them to get me all Spider-Mans because there's so many different Spider-Man titles in my boxes. I'm like, why in God's green earth do I have these books? I honestly, I know that Spider-Man, I've heard good things about it over the years, like Dan Slott's <clears throat> run yeah. and everything. I haven't read it since, Straczynski and and Ramita. I really like I like Ramita Jr. on that book so much. I, I did read and followed it while he was working on it, but I don't yeah. think I I stuck around. And I Spider Man was my all time favorite character when I was a kid. That was yeah. that was. You know what's weird about that? I'm putting those all in order now, and then Ramita Jr. goes and works on the Peter Parker Spider Man book. Yeah, he goes off the Amazing Spider Man, and then he goes to work on this other book, which I'm like, why did he do that? but I don't know. Maybe. And then they renamed the book, the sinister spider for a while. That screwed me. You know, but that I, was that when, when slot was doing it. Yeah. Doc Ock takes over Peter Parker's mind. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, people like that. I, I just never, I was, I was kind of burned out at that point. I'm reading two yeah. and it, two, two a month was hard too. When they did it sh double ship. I found all that Sergeant Furies. Yeah, no, no. They double ship. Same thing with Batman. Batman was coming yeah. out every two weeks. I'm it like, just became too hard much. to catch, keep up with it. No. Uh, we I gotta wrap this up. Look at this one. Here's one. To hell you ride. This is by Lance Hendrickson and Tom Mandrake. I had to interview him at New York Comic Con. I was supposed to only interview him for ten minutes. We talked for forty five minutes. He told me how he cut his arm open. He was bleeding out. The fireman came to rescue him. How he hated the movie The Right Stuff. He was a trip and a half. And Tom Mandrake sitting right next to us the whole time. He's just <laughs> quietly looking and I'm looking at Tom because I'm like, I'm supposed to have 15 minutes. And Tom's like, I don't know what to say. And, and, and Lance Henriksen was all over the place though. But I like nice him. Guy. He's a good actor. Yeah. I, I think he's a good actor. He's a very good actor. He was uh, in, do you know he's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind? No, but I saw him in something else that it was like, oh, hey, look, there's Lance Henriksen. You know, sometimes you, guys just kind of go on the radar, kind of like uh, Scott Glenn was like that, too. He no, was in a lot my of favorite actor, speaking of right stuff, we got to, I got to end this, too. Fred Ward. Love oh, Fred yeah. Ward. 
don't know whatever happened to him. He shows up now and then in movies. I tried to get him to come to uh, Terrificon. I've written to him. He's written back, but he just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. I think he'd be a great guest. Yeah. Remo Williams. Remo Williams in that terrible time travel movie where he rode a motorcycle. <laughs> but no, he's a great actor. He was yeah. also in um, Miami Trem- Blues. Tremors. Tremors, Miami Blues, Remo Williams, The Right Stuff. Summer Catch with uh, Jessica Biel. Wow. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to watch that Brooke right Shields. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We got Jerry oh. Kohner here on, uh, you know, come on out and say hello to folks, Jerry. Oh, folks. And, uh, later on, we'll be here with Ann Margaret. Wow. Uh, hey, all she, you guys. Hey, she's she something. All right. And all you fellas that swap the decks, get ready tonight because I got Brooke Shields. Oh, she's something else. I'll tell you. What about that president of ours, huh? Yeah. Telling people to clean themselves with Lysol, I'll tell you. Well, we're the only country that's squeaky clean. Wow. One more. Anyway, that's, that's my Bob Hope. That's not even a good Bob Hope, but that's my and Bob people Hope. don't even know who Bob Hope is anymore. People don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. They're like, what he lived to a hundred and he's still forgotten. Oh, but the last couple of years. I like my hair. I'm I'm, I'm turning into uh Christopher You're like the Lloyd. mad thinker. You're like the mad I thinker. I did look like today I was combing my hair, so I'm going for the mad thinker look. Remember Brother Theodore? He used to be yes. a letterman. <laughs> no, it'd be like this. Do that brother theater. I gotta get the comb. (laughs) I never got his shtick. I don't know what the deal was with that guy, but he would come on and be yelling at Dave and he had that crazy look. He was like a man of the comedian or did he write stories? He was I think he was like kind of a little bit like uh um what was it, Andy uh performance artist, yeah, yeah. Marty, we got to go back in time, Marty. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking the mad thinker. You need to let yeah, it grow out. Yeah, no, I got that. It's you weird because I got like brown hair in the back. Never noticed. Maybe the crazy, the crazy. It's gray up crazy. front, yeah. old in the front, <laughs> young in the back. I got a weird <laughs> mullet going. If I had a what mullet. Business. All business, business in the front. front. <laughs> I got like a Corella DeVille thing going on. Look at that. <laughs> Hey, what camera are we on here? Is that the right one? Yeah, suppose I'm from behind. I'm young. Most people see that. They go, "Wow, look at that!" So when they raise, they raise the restrictions. You're just going to go get your haircut, or you, no? You In fact, I'm never leaving the basement. I'm just going <laughs> to stay down here. Jerry, more meatloaf. <laughs> I'm just going to stay down here with my books. Hey, they'll keep me warm. They'll keep me entertained. I can, I can eat them. I think there's cellulose in them. The uh, old books are better, though. The you know the newsprint, they're more insulation. They have more air. There's probably too much oil and petroleum in Godzilla, (laughs) King of the Monsters. You can stuff those newsprint books in your pants and your shirt to insulate the cold. No, it's funny. I'd rather read this Godzilla by Herb Trimpey, or Trimp, and this Godzilla by IDW. Yeah. Well, I think the original, the the older ones have more charm. For something dopey like Godzilla, they, this is the they, last issue too. I think the like Godzilla done super realistically doesn't quite work as well for me because yeah. it's so, you know, the charm of it is it was hokey. Oh yeah, Jimmy Woo was crying as Godzilla. Oh, you can take hey, well, like we'll use this opportunity to tell uh, Scott Martin that I did finally watch. He's my, the only one. He's the only one watching right now. My King Kong versus Godzilla Blu-ray that he gave me. Oh my God, that movie's he gave it, Blu-ray? 
He gave it to me a couple of years ago because I did an interview where I said, when I was a kid, that was the best that movie I ever. Never got to see the whole movie because my aunt took me and my brother Joel to the drive-in theater, and we had to wait for the sun to go down. Yeah. And then when it finally came on, she asleep. said we have to leave by nine because someone she had to be at some place like a party or something. Mm-hmm. So we had to leave like halfway through it. So he bought, he handed me the Blu-ray at a, at your first. I think it was at your first Terrific Con in fifteen uh, Mohegan. That was twenty fifteen. <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, it sat on the shelf, and then Rachel and I finally watched it a couple of months ago, and it was cheesy, <laughs> funny. Yeah. It is. Hey, kids, go buy yourself a gun. Those are BB guns. Yeah, but that's a gun. It's a nug. It'll still put your eye out. I'll tell you what. I thought this was a crazy cover, this White Album cover, oh, and then I found some wacky book by Dan Jurgens and Jerry Ordway last night called Zero Hour, which was also all white cover. I'm like, yeah okay what were was we, the thinking behind that one because it was the it was a zero countdown. hour right it was a countdown it went like from what six six five four three two yeah. one yeah. zero and zero was blank because that was the reset of the universe oh i thought so when i was looking at so it I the go, cover's I just... blank and the first page is blank and then gradually there's information on page two and three there's a little bit more but we actually got paid to pencil and ink the first page even yeah. though it's blank on it yeah seems fair it's still a story page mm. look at this this is when dc reprinted these see they've been reprinting yeah. books for a while oh they did the uh no that was the weren't those new no there was a whole line i found well maybe that, they are new they did new stories when julie schwartz died yeah but there was all like supposed to be retro books i found them. yeah because i did a challenge i did a um adam strange with uh um grant morrison for Here's one of those one Julie Schwartz silver age. Howard Chaykin draws Star Wars characters. Look at that. Interesting. Look at that. So is that from the time or is that? This is from Star Wars issue nine. Oh. By Roy and Howard. I actually have those. Do you have all of I them? I have them all. Yeah. I have them all. I used to like uh, Tom Palmer's. Palmer's um, great on those. Yeah. Oh, he well, did. Uh, Simonson and what Ron Friends did them too. And he was the inker on them. I remember Walt on Battlestar Galactica. I was just talking about that yesterday on another podcast. That's all I do, Jerry. I just do podcasts and I just sit well, the, I mean, again, there's a lot of comics. You did oh, one of these. I did, a, yeah, one of the covers. This is number one, I think. I yeah. still wish I had done my Batman 66, but I, I guess know. it's Somebody. I mean, I did, a, I did a two-part story with Cat with the Eartha Kit Catwoman. Woo! A lot of bad books in here. All right, well, that's it, Ordway. You I gotta get... piling them up for Goodwill. Somebody would. Here's uh, Kevin Smith and Joe Casada. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, Daredevil, Marvel yeah. Knights. You know what? When they did Marvel Knights, Jimmy yeah. Palmiotti called me up and wanted me to pitch. He wanted me to pitch. Uh, write. Um, that's a great series, by the way. Yeah, he wanted me to do the Punisher, if you can imagine it. You remember that when they did Marvel Knights and they did the Punisher? I could see you doing Punisher. He wanted me to do it. And I just, I told him, I said, I'd think about it, but I couldn't wrap my head around doing the character because it just, I was, I'm not a gun guy. Yeah. So No, no, I couldn't picture it. If you got a guy who's, you know, into all that, you need somebody who's. who's You get Tucci. Familiar with the. 
happens and stuff. You know what's just, nice to find out books that you paid like a dollar for are suddenly worth like three hundred dollars, like this. Clone Wars it, number one. Is it worth that much? Yeah, because the Ahsoka, the young Jedi apprentice. Is oh yeah, yeah. It's her first appearance. I found out just two days ago because I was like, oh yeah, so I got that book. For the, she was created for the comic. She was created for the TV show, but this is her first appearance in comic books. And if you look on eBay, it's like two fifty right now. Well, but I didn't know. I really, Are you the, selling it? Is it up, yeah. to now? Is it up now? <laughs> I should put it up right now. And the guy said, do you have that Clone Wars? I go, yeah, I got all the Star Wars books. He goes, oh, well, do you have number one? I go, yeah, why? He goes, oh, it's about $250. I go, oh. uh, where do you live? <laughs> yeah. And then this, I remember buying this for a dollar. Oh, yeah. But it's the first appearance of the new Batgirl. Oh. That's so like a $30, $40 book. Yeah, I think we got the kids. Up. My, I think Tommy used to read that one, so he's. Still I know. I, I used to get these for Owen. That's how I got the first uh, Harley Quinn appearance and stuff because I'd get these for Owen, and I like give me that book. But like, like Mad Love was was kind of adultish, so it wasn't really kid friendly. Yeah. Um, but it was. It's a great book. Like it's, yeah. It it definitely deserves, you know, whatever being worth money. I can tell. I'm not going to go back to doing this tonight. I'm well, not. you you know. You've talked to yourself. You get a lot done. I go, Broadway. <laughs> yeah, and she won't watch this, so you're safe. You're She'll safe say, her. "Wait a minute, I watched you were on freaking YouTube for three hours." I'm like, oh. <laughs> anyway, we got to sign off. I'm. We might not even be. No, we're still recording. It does record. No one's gonna watch this, or listen to it, but we'll, we'll try. Bored. All right, they're bored like we are. Yeah, it's <clears> ten o'clock. <throat> this has been going two hours. Promote my eBay. Yes, go buy Jerry's eBay Shazam thing. It's available right now. <laughs> Seriously, it's available right now. It's a nice drawing, I think. But it's a fifty dollar book and it's, it's a it's crappy so drawing and I'm gonna someone, put it up there. What? So far the price was, was kind of reasonable for a fifty dollar yeah. start off. The book alone is worth fifty dollars. No, I know. Even even before I defaced it. <laughs> yeah, it's not mint anymore. Nope. nope. So you got your microphone to work. That's good. Yeah, I know. I don't know why it didn't work last time we were doing this. Maybe you just didn't set it as your. I probably didn't turn it on. No, you turned it off, and it and then you got sound. So there must maybe you didn't have your computer set right. It's a great book by my buddy Tim Seeley and Mike. Oh yeah, I bought all those. Those are great. I have all the the collections. That was a great. I have them all in floppies. I was buying this. This is better than The Walking Dead. No, it's a great book. It's a great. I I enjoyed it. That was the same time. Terry Moore was doing Rachel Rising, which was also a really good book. Yeah, Rachel Rising. Yeah. I remember that. Those were both recommended to me by a couple of uh, like high school kids at the comic store. I said, hey, what are you guys reading? What do you like? And they both they said, hey, we like this and we like this. And I, I enjoyed them. The end of the first issue, I always give Mike Norton uh, trouble with. It was a, like an 80-year-old woman dead, uh, naked 80-year-old woman coming at somebody, a zombie one. Yeah. And I said... And what, what did you use for reference pictures, Mike? And he goes, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That probably put him on some kind of watch list. <laughs> I, I thought so. The Google people are like, what is this guy Googling? 80-year-old Naked 80-year-old women. What the <laughs> hell? And of course, before we sign off, we got to salute the great state of Connecticut, our home state here. Very nice. Uh, Justice League. It's when they did 50 covers. I wonder, some people did buy all 50 covers. Where did... Did they actually have that at the comic store? They did. They did. And you could get your state. And every state was represented. 
Right. right. I remember some people bundled it up and they bought all 50 copies. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that's, I remember being there and somebody, yeah, somebody had ordered all 52, right? 52. Is Is there 52 states now? I don't trust you with those flags, man. Ever since you did that Captain America thing that once again <laughs> Scott Martin caught. I think Isn't he put 62. No, there's 50. There's a couple of terrorists. I don't know. Look at that hair. I'm just kidding. I don't know. You need to get, uh, you have to include Puerto Rico, of course. And yes, you do. But I don't think they did it in those Columbia. Star Trek meets Doctor Who by uh, J- this Edward? J.J. Edward? I have no idea. He's a beautiful painter, by the way. You know who I'm talking about. No, I don't. JG is it J. Edward? JG Edward? Oh, JG Jones. JG Jones. No. Jeff. Woodward. No, JG Woodward. Oh, God. JK Woodward. I got to look it up. Yeah, he's a painter. Well, JG Jones is. No, JK, JK Woodward. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Pencils are by Gordon Purcell and all the paintings. <clears throat> anyway. Gordon's a Minneapolis guy. Is he? Yeah, I didn't know he did a lot of Star Trek back in the eighties and nineties. We should sign off. We should. As a look, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. This is like a never-ending. This is like a mini-series. All right, I'm shutting this off. (laughs) Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you whenever this is over, pretty soon. And if you're listening to this, go watch the movie. (laughs) We're essential services. Yeah.